Welcome to the Evan Roberts Podcast, the Hot Stove Preview Edition. Uh, we have brought together a blue panel. Is that what they're called? A blue panel? A blue ribbon panel. There you go. A blue ribbon panel of Met fans to discuss what should happen with this New York Met offseason. There are some familiar faces. There are some new faces. Let us meet our blue ribbon panel. First, making, I think, his fourth or fifth appearance on the Evan Roberts Podcast, he is known in our fantasy baseball league as Adam Eaton. He is a Hall of Fame baseball player at Caldwell College and a diehard Met fan. Welcome back to the podcast, Ryan McGee. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Uh, if you listened to one of the previous podcasts, that was the Mailbag Edition, he was the one that asked me about the 1998 fantasy baseball draft and season that occurred in Mr. Deitch's Earth Science class. So that was a great question. Guest number two. He's making his second appearance on the Evan Roberts podcast. We know him as Fantasy Phil, also a diehard Met fan and a part of the personal Met text chain that I'm involved in. Phil, you did a halfway decent job the first time. That's why you're back. Thanks for coming back. Uh, we're going to hope for the full decent this time. Yes. Good to be back. Ready to talk Mets. And we, we argued more? last time, and you held yourself up well, so I was impressed by that. I'm glad. Good. My third guest I'm very excited to talk to. I met this man because he signed up to play Twitter baseball, and boy, was this guy crazy. All right, first of all, he loved looking at himself without a shirt on. I remember that, and I understand why. Very well-built man. He also would go to Met games in a cape and labeled himself Met Man, but the real reason you're here, Met Man, or can I call, first of all, can I call you Met Man? Yeah, of course. Are you still I mean, Met I Man? Was. Well, I don't do it anymore. I'm retired Met Man. You well, know what I mean? What you used to do was go to Met games <laughs> in a cape. That's right. Why don't you do that anymore? Uh, well, I, when I used to do it, I was single at the time. So, okay. you know, it was just something fun to do at, okay. the, at the time. Wait, but, wait, hold uh, on a second. So you did it to pick up women? Well, no, 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 no. But <laughs> I, that's I, not I, a good idea. No, I did it. Well, I, yeah, I, <laughs> that's not, it's not the reason I did it, but that's why I could do it because okay. I didn't have anybody to tell me not to oh, do it. Oh, I get it. Because so, I, I yeah. agree with you. My wife would not let me dress up as <laughs> Met Man. I agree with you on that. So that I can relate to you on. All right, so I'll either call you Met Man or Anthony. Which one do you want? Uh, whatever you want. Well, I'm, I'm going to call you Met Man. Oh, it's fine. But I, I think, look, I'm projecting because I don't know what your plans are for this Met team or Ryan's plans or Phil's plans. But one thing we've debated is that you tend to be a blow the whole thing up kind of guy. And you also like to brag about being right about things. Yep. And I don't even know if half the time you're actually correct about what you're claiming to be right about. <laughs> What's great about a podcast is it's all on the record. I love it. So last year when we did this Met season preview podcast, Ryan went back and listened to the whole damn thing again a year later to see what we were right and wrong about, and that means we hold everyone accountable, and I appreciate that. Well, I love it, but what I can say is Twitter's still on the record, so I can show you tweets from oh. February yeah, when I said, doesn't do it. and I quote, the Mets will win 84 to 86 games and miss the playoffs. That's right, but you can delete tweets. You can't delete our podcast. That's true. That's true. Fair, okay. Touché. All Touché. Right. Uh, let's get started with a reaction to the Beltron hire. Um, I made this very clear on the air, so I'm not going to repeat it. I wanted Joe Girardi. That was the only guy I wanted. I wanted an experienced manager. I did not want a first-time manager. Ryan, you good with Beltron? Like, I'm on the same page as you. We talked on the last podcast that I think we were all in favor of Girardi, the experience. I think taking him out of the equation, they did the best they can. I'm on the side where we know more about Beltron than any of the other candidates as a franchise. So I'd rather go with the little, the known commodity more than a complete unknown. But what is, I guess my question to that would be, and I loved Beltron as a player. I always say that because I did, and it's odd that as a manager, I'm very indifferent to it right now. Would Joe McEwing have been the same qualification? Would Robin Venter have been the same qualification because you know who they are and they play for the Mets? No, because I don't think they, they had 
the same level of success as him. I so think you're basing it on success. You have to you have to carry that, hold that weight a little bit because he's done it. He's produced. Like he, I what what kind of put me over the edge a little bit with him is a couple comments. I don't know if it was a press conference or before that, where he said the last year, two years, he pretty much was a pseudo coach where he didn't play much, right, right. but he played and he said he observed AJ Hinch. He sat there and he would go through his mind if he would make the same move or do things differently as Hinch was making those moves in, in Astros down the end of the season. So he already started mentally preparing for this years ago. Here's my question of this, all right? And I actually asked this about Aaron Boone, too. When Boone was hired, I asked if Boone never hit that home run, is he the manager of the Yankees? And, you know, I guess we could never know that answer. If Beltran was the same great player he was, borderline Hall of Famer, but never played for the Mets, would you have endorsed him as manager of this team? Over... Over who was out Over there? Over the same race. Like, Carlos Beltran as a non-Met, would that have been different to you? His playing with the Mets obviously changed your view on him. Yeah, I think okay. the, the familiarity and the comfortability. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's a lot of people. Phil, are you good with this? Um, Yeah, I, I think so. Once we get past the point of, like, obviously we all wanted Joe Girardi, when it came down to that next pool of guys, Beltran was far and ahead of, in front, for me at least, mm-hmm. between, like, the Derek Shelton's and the whoever the guy from Milwaukee was. Just because of the fact that not only you were familiar with him, yeah, I mean, we're it's familiar with him, the same thing. But also the fact that I think when he walks in a room mm-hmm. of players today, he he commands esteem from them. Like That's he, a very he, good he, point. He commands I agree with attention that. from them. It's not so much as the fact that he had success as a Met. He was a good signing. Right. It's more so the fact if you go around the league, people hold him in high regard. The players, I mean, mm-hmm. hold him in high regard. He was a very smart player. He had that reputation. Um, you hear the people in Houston rave about him being on that roster when they won the World Series and everything like that. So I think overall, it, it's good. Well, I mean, we're going to see if it's a good signing or right, not. Right, but right. Of, of this group, I, I don't have a problem with I, it. I do agree, and I, I admitted this after the press conference. When Beltron walks into his room with his players and brings up, he's not going to call it analytics. He's going to call it information. He's got credibility. Which I, I like that. I like that. No, it's that very term. smart. Yeah. I've always said that in politics. I'm a geek for politics. And it's always how you label something. Who's going to want to vote against the Patriot Act? What are you, not a patriot? Yeah, you see you what go. I'm saying there? Now, if you read the bill, you may not like it. You may not like it. This podcast is not for that. The point is, it was labeled so well. Labeling's important. That's smart on Beltron's part, so I agree with you. Metman, I have no idea what you're going to say right now. Well, I, I was a clear Girardi or bust guy. You were, too. I was absolutely a Girardi well, all right, or bust. We're all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Girardi or bust. But I will say, of the remaining candidates, I probably would have went Beltron. Why? I do like that. I, I do like the dual language aspect. I think that is important in today's game. All right. Stinks for somebody like me who would never be able to do that because I only speak English. Well, but you can learn but, Spanish. Well, then, I'm learning. I'm, not, right I'm now. not a really good language person, but <laughs> I, I would say <laughs> I, I, I would say that I do like that about it. And I didn't like Beltron, by the way. I mean, you guys could tear me apart. I didn't. I, it was before the strikeout. I mean, I'm talking about before Adam Wainwright even threw a pitch in the major leagues. I was not a Beltron well, hold fan. On. So when Beltron's career with the Mets ended and they traded him to Zach for Zach Wheeler to the Giants, you hated him even at that point. At the end, that trade happened on my birthday, and I was like. Thank you, Matt. What this did you such not like a about good, him? I, I honestly, I mean, I don't want to get off topic on this. but No, like, no, I, I want to get a, off topic on this because <laughs> I don't understand you people. I don't a, understand this dislike for one of the great players in the history of the franchise. As a player, honestly, I mean, that's that's your opinion on that. I mean, we could we could look at numbers. I, I think that he that was numbers would a little bit. up, by the way. I think he was a little overrated. Okay. I'm not going to lie. As a player, I think he was a little overrated. Um, he got the contract he got because of his two weeks in Houston. He did not live up to that capability with the Mets. Well, how, how could he? Yeah, have? Forty home runs. Yeah, 
Hey, but first of all, you had 40 home runs, like you said, Phil. And the rate he Alonso was hitting. Alonso just the, hit 52. Oh, the ball is juiced out of its mind. Yeah. The ball makes Mark McGuire look unjuiced. I mean, what are you talking about? You don't think Carlos Beltran was a very good man? No, he was very good. I'm not saying he wasn't okay. very good. I just thought he was overrated. Let me give you an example. I'll bring I'll bring this to an, another level. Yeah. Derek Jeter, right? Yeah. Derek Jeter, first ballot Hall of Famer. I, as a Met fan and a Yankee hater, fully admit that. Okay. But Yankee fans talked about Jeter like he was a god and like he walked on water. And that that's what frustrated me. What does that have to do with Beltran? Because I think he was treated the same way. No, Carlos Beltran. Yeah, By no, Met no, fans? Not, no, not. What are he you was high? not a Derek Jeter. Oh, so many. I, before Twitter, there used to be the Met fan forum on Mets.com. Okay. And I would debate people on there all the time. And say that Beltron would, he just, he wasn't what he was my, made out to be. Do you know uh, a guy by the name of Joe Beningo, my radio partner? Have you ever heard of him? Uh, I know him well. I you was hoping well. that he would be here today. No, he had an off day today. Um, and he didn't want to meet you. <laughs> you think he treated Beltron like Derek Cheater? No. He well, he doesn't like him, though. So well, okay. I would get along with that. Most fans don't like If Beningo was here, he would agree with me. Not anymore. I think he softened up at the end. <laughs> I, I really do. I don't, and I know it's it's not the point of this, and it's an old debate to get into, but I just don't understand Met fans that hated Beltron. If he wasn't your favorite player, fine. I mean, I think he didn't, he didn't look like he hustled, right? Oh so he did, I'm sorry. He didn't look, I like hustlers. Like, that's one thing. Like, Nimmo is never going to be Beltron. I got it. But I love Nimmo because of how much heart and soul he puts into it. David Wright hustled on every play? I was just about to say it. David Wright did, did not Wright hustle, hustle on no, every play? No, but it, absolutely nobody did. It just didn't look like Beltron was going all was out. Because he was so smooth. It, that's why. Because he was that effortless. smooth. But now you want him to be manager. You're I, good with I do, the hire. But that's what I'm saying is because I can separate <laughs> the two. I honestly wasn't a huge fan of him as a player. But I think uh, after Girardi, yeah. he was my first choice of who they were talking to. Okay. So I... I, I do think he has the the, um, the ability to do a good job. I hope he does. The one thing I'm concerned about, though, and um, I think it was brought up by Cano, actually. I don't, know, I don't know if Cano brought it up or he brought it up that he's friends with Cano. So I'm kind of wondering from their Yankee days. It's I'm kind of wondering. Question. The like, adjustment from friendship to the manager. Well, he kind of addressed that in the press conference where he said he's had those tough conversations with teammates at the time. Uh, he's just going to continue that. I mean, if for a leader in a locker room, those conversations are not – well, you know what? Um, I, I agree, but you're not the guy in that in that sense. It's actually going to sit the player when he wants to play every day. But he's got to do that now. When when Cano's hitting 200, yeah, um, fair you know, point. No, it's got to be the one to sit him. It's down. a very good point. I, I do think that's a very very good point. I also though think the days of Earl Weaver are gone. Right, the manager is no longer the boss. Boss, he's mm. he's almost like a friend. I mean, the manager today is. He's almost like it's a managing friend. emotions and relationships. Correct. That's all and, it is. And those lineup decisions, and Beltron's basically admitted it. It's not straight coming from Carlos Beltron. It is going to be a group effort. And we may all not like that, but that is baseball in 2020. That I, just is what it is. And I, I don't understand why, like, sure, everyone wants to yell about it's too analytical the game. But when is getting the most information possible to get an advantage over your opponent, when does that become a bad thing? It becomes a bad thing when the information you're using is information that you disagree with. I mean, it's a simple answer. Like, information is good. Analytics in general. I always say this to Joe when we talk about this. There's a lot of analytics or information that's very good. There are some that are really dumb. I got to tell you, there's some out there. I think a lot of the defensive metrics are completely flawed. I think war is a waste of time. I wipe my ass with war. And so that doesn't mean I don't trust OPS or I don't look at some of the information that they have. The shifting things clearly work. I mean, if you watch the Yankee-Astros series, these two teams know how to shift. Every ball was different.
right now. There's a few where they bust the shift, but for the most part, they're positioning guys perfectly. So that's what it comes down to. You don't like the analytics and the over-reliance on analytics when it becomes too much. The way the Yankees managed in the postseason where guys were not allowed to face guys third time around, that's over, Matt. That's too much with the analytics. I think that's the answer to that. And, ba- and back to that uh, relationship thing with Beltran and the players being friends with Cano and everything like that. I think it comes that that's where his esteem comes in because I think the players will have enough respect for him to know that he's in charge right. and like his decisions are, you know, what's going to go. Yeah, uh, I hope so. But I did hear I, I don't know just you know hearing on the radio of um, you know, host talking and things like that 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 was actually an issue for Girardi when he first came into the Yankees yeah. because he played with a number oh, of those absolutely. guys. So it's but the same kind of the, situation. The though. one thing that helps him, though, in that comparison is Joe Girardi played with a lot of those guys. That, that, that Beltran hasn't played with that many of them. That's when he's playing with, like, Derek Jeter, yes. Jorge yeah, Posada. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole different breed than, you know, he played with Robinson Cano, who's, mm-hmm. on, who's on his way out. Right. And things I mean, he's like the, that. He's the main guy. And That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no, really no, not no. that many others. All right, so here's what we're going to do. All right? We're going to go around the diamond. And some of these answers are going to be very easy. I, I'm sure when we talk about first base, I don't know what you meant, man, but I, I think when we talk <laughs> about first base, everybody's going to agree Pete Alonso should be the first baseman. Uh, if there needs to be a change, if there's somebody internally who should be the everyday player, if there is a trade guy you're eyeing or a free agent guy you're eyeing. And I'll show you with this example. I think the Mets have to trade Wilson Ramos. I like Wilson Ramos. Ryan will tell you firsthand he benefited me from a fantasy standpoint where we made that great D. Gordon for Wilson Ramos trade. But last year, I thought, Noah Syndergaard, deal with it. That was my thought. Noah, deal with it. you got to figure this out. But there were a lot of pitchers that did not like throwing to Wilson Ramos. That is concern number one. Concern number two is he's not very good defensively. And concern number three is, do I really think he's going to give me the same production offensively? And can I get better? Not just offensively, but in those other aspects I talked about. I would be shopping Wilson Ramos. And I would be targeting Yasmani Grandal, a guy who last year I didn't want to touch. I was afraid of Grandal last year. I think after seeing what he did in Milwaukee and seeing that his defense is considerably better and that I don't know if Noah Syndergaard's going to fall in love with him, obviously, but I think he is a clear upgrade over Ramos. I think you can get something for Ramos. I don't think you're giving him away. I think he's going to have a market. If it's not Grandal, I have no problem lessening my offense by improving the position from a defensive standpoint. But I really believe the Mets have to move Wilson Ramos. Met man, I'm going to let you start this off. Who should be the catcher on opening day? Uh, it's funny because I was getting ready to talk about how you were killing Grandal last year. I, I remember driving and I was yep. hearing you. Um, I had my reasons, and I think they were fair. I mean, he was benched by, benched the, Dodgers by the Dodgers during the postseason. Yeah, I remember. I remember. He had um, a very good year last year. I'm giving him credit. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with Ramos. I, I can I can live with him. I I think Grandal would be a slight upgrade. but uh, Slight it, upgrade. It's not. It's not well offensively. I'm talking specifically offensively. Well, what about defense? Do you think it matters? Yeah, I, apparently not to the Mets. I mean, we can get we can get <laughs> to that uh, throughout this conversation, but apparently all, uh, defense doesn't matter to the Mets. But uh, I I'm okay with Ramos. Would I prefer Grandal? Yes, in a perfect world, in a vacuum. But I'm a, I can live with Ramos. What about you, Ryan? I don't think the risk is worth the reward of trading Ramos. We don't know. Depends on what we get in return, but we don't know. If Grandal is going to produce to the level of Ramos, so I, we know Ramos could do it here. Take now, offensively, defensively, he's got his. his do we flaws. care about that defense? Yeah. Am I the only one? Oh, I care. I, I, I care think a it's lot overrated to an extent. Is it? To, Noah to Syndergaard didn't want to pitch to him. Well, Noah Syndergaard doesn't. When has he been? He hasn't been good in two years. Ryan, here's the thing about Noah Syndergaard. I, and Who did, what this, clout does he have to, hold, to hold complain? On, hold on a second. And this is not a contradiction. 
I basically said on the air, Noah's got to deal with it. But what I always kept saying about that issue is, let's talk about it during the offseason. For now, figure it out. During the offseason, you need to reevaluate. Jacob DeGrom didn't want to throw to Wilson Ramos. Now, DeGrom figured it out because he's great, because he's going to be a two-time Cy Young Award winner. But now we're in the offseason. Now we don't have to talk about, well, Noah hasn't done. I'm talking about the betterment of this baseball team. Are you comfortable with Wilson Ramos catching all these pitchers every I, single day? I, I am. Okay. I'm, I'm an idiot. I, I don't know what Grandal's going to bring when he comes here. You're going to have to allocate more money in years to a position where you have one year left on your current catcher's deal. Then you could reevaluate in a year. And we don't know what's Ramos bringing in return. You tell me we go get an everyday starting center fielder and someone at a decent level, then maybe it makes more sense. But if, no, am I, I, think I, you am I training for an eighth inning reliever? Probably not. I think I can get a not a big time prospect, but I think I can get a reasonable prospect, which this team. But it's an unknown use. again, though. I, I get that. We but know what Ramos is. We know what he's going to do. I'm doing it to then improve the position. And if you want to go cheaper, you could go Martin Maldonado and go all in on defense. I just think defense matters. And this franchise, look, you said it, man. They don't care about defense. Well, I care about defense, and I think they need to get better. And I think getting better at the catching position is a big deal. Phil, um, I'm on board with trading Wilson Ramos and going full blow after Yasmani Grandal. I love that. I just don't think it's realistic. I don't think th- I don't think there's much of a market for Wilson Ramos. Who who wants a catcher like that? Everything there aren't a lot of good catchers in baseball. But everything we're knocking him on, who wants to go trade for that guy who can't can't play defense? American League team that could DH him. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not there's not too much room for that. But we've got a lot I, of DHs. Ultimately, I think ultimately I think. They're going to have to just stick with him, and I, I'm going to be okay with that. Well, look, here's the thing. Uh, to the money point, which is a fair one, Ramos is making $9 million. I don't know what Grandal's going to need in free agency. It's going to be more than that, but you have to factor in that you're eliminating the $9.5 million. But what, what did Grandal turn down make. last year? Four for 68? I'm going to turn down from the Mets? I'm going to yeah. say it's going to yeah. be like $16, 17000000 million, I, I would assume. Okay, that's $7 million well, more on a one-year basis than you're paying Wilson Ramos. Is he worth that addition of money? And and we'll get to this as we go around the diamond. Where else are you spending this quote-unquote money that the Mets supposedly have? I, look, Grandal's got issues. My concerns that I had that you brought up, Met Man, from a year ago, they're still there. They haven't completely disappeared. I just saw what he did last year. He was very productive. The free agent catching market is not great. Okay, Martin Maldonado, Jonathan Lucroy, if he still exists at this point, Russell Martin. I get it. It's not Francisco Cervelli has had all these concussion problems. It's not great. So when do you when do you trade Ramos then and risk trading Ramos and not signing Grindal? Well, look, I think you've got to explore the market for him. I just here's the bottom line more than knowing the Mets, they'll end up empty handed without <laughs> Ramos and Grindal. <laughs> Thomas Nito, you're starting. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know what? I gotta tell you, I like Thomas Nito. And I think his bat can get better. I think his defense was good. If you can improve your offense elsewhere, you can live with a catcher who doesn't hit a lot. Ramos was great offensively last that. year. Isn't Nito like 27, 28, though? I don't so think can he's we that re- old. Is he? I, I'm not sure. I'm, no, I'm not saying If that I had it. to guess, and I'll look it up to confirm it, my guess would be 23. That's my wow. guess. I yeah, thought he was a little bit older. Well, I mean, we're going to look right now. I'll tell you the answer. He's 25, so we met okay. in the middle. Okay. So you're sort of right. Yeah, that's young enough, I would yeah. say. To where he's, he's young enough. Yeah. Look, he. I, I think he's a solid defensive catcher. I mean, I know he wasn't throwing out a lot of runners last year, but who was? <laughs> I don't know if that's a good indication. That's, that's, that's more. That's more on the pitchers staff, yeah, pitcher yeah. staff than catchers. Yeah. All right. So we're most basically. I'm on my own island with catcher. I think you're all cool with Ramos coming back. Uh, first base is going to be Pete Alonso, right? Uh, I definitely would go Pete. The one thing I would <laughs> good, good, good call, good uh, call. Uh, but what? Well, I was going to say the one thing that what? I would, I would kind of outside of the box thinking, not suggesting this, but maybe they could explore it in in spring training. What? 
guys are going to laugh at me, but move shift Pete over to third base. Which I think he played in college. Yes. We've, we've actually so, talked about this on the air, so I'm and, not going to laugh at you. And then Dom Smith at first base. All right. I, w- I would explore that. So, Spring training, it can't hurt. I, we actually, and this is why I'm not going to laugh at you, and we're going to have a serious discussion about it. We talked about this on the air last year when Dom Smith was healthy because Joe was, you can't trade this guy. He's got to be on this team. Well, he's not really an outfielder. He's a right. first baseman. In fact, he's a better first baseman defensively than Pete Alonso. Yeah. And I had floated that, hey, Alonso played third base in college. Would they consider doing that? They are not going to do that. I'll tell you, Don Smith's probably a better left fielder than Pete Alonso would be a third baseman. Correct. I think that's a very good point, too. And I, I also think you lose the versatility of your team because Alonzo is not a guy you're going to move back between third and first. And also, Dom Smith has not established himself as an everyday player. To make that kind of change, and that's a big change. Look, if you had a chance to get Freddie Freeman, okay, fine. Let's talk about that change. You know what I mean? But for Dom Smith, who I don't think any of us are convinced is an everyday player on this team, I'd have him on the roster next year. I'd have him as a fourth outfielder, a guy that – can play first base if something happens to Pete or a guy that can play left field. But I think that's too major of a change to make when you have a budding star in Pete Alonso. Could you go into spring training trying it, though? I mean, I'm not saying it. you're not sure. married to the Backfield reps, I'm sure thing, that yeah. happens more than we, we're aware of yeah. for many players. So yeah. not the worst idea, but no. uh, I'm, on the, I'm, I'm on the side where let's not mess with a good thing. He had a good rookie year. He's comfortable. He got much better defensively than anyone could have expected. Let's leave him. Let's hope that batting average improves, yep. power will dip a little bit, but he's pretty. he'll be pretty consistent throughout his career right. where he's going to be. And I didn't make my comment in a vacuum. Obviously, Alonzo, if you're just looking at third base, it's better to go with Alonzo than it is to go with uh, Dom Smith in that situation. But when I'm looking at the entire team and, like, how can I maximize what I have with the 25, 26 now, 26 men on this team, that's where that comment's coming from, yeah, not the, in a vacuum of the, just first base. The problem is... And we'll get to this as we go around this diamond. I like teams with versatility, and I like the fact that Jeff McNeil could play 18 positions. I love the Swiss Army knife of him. I think that you lose that if you're moving Alonzo to third base because now Alonzo's your third baseman. That's it. Like, I don't think you're moving him back to first base on a given day. He's learning a position. So, I don't know. I think that Dom Smith is a guy I want on this roster, but I don't think he's done enough to where I'm really considering a change like that. Plus, Alonzo's going to get better defensively. He's already better than what the initial reports were on him. That's for sure. Like Conforto. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I we never hear good defensive reports. I know. It's amazing. All right, second base. I mean, Phil, I you, mean, you know uh, what the deal is. It's going to be Robinson Cano. I mean, do I want him on the team? Probably not. Do I want him playing second base? Probably not. But he's going to play second base, and we're going to live with it and hate it. Well, don't you think he's going to be better? He ha- he can't be worse. I'll say well, that. He so could be worse. He, he could be worse. <laughs> and, I mean, I do I do think there was something to him getting hit, hit, in, uh, hit in hand a couple times. And in the second half, you saw a little bit of life to him. So I think he will be better. But ultimately, like, between the money, the age, no, he's there. and blocking everyone, ultimately we don't want him there, but he will be there. See, this is where I think Beltron could play a big factor. I think where he could maybe get inside Cano's head, work work with him, and, you know, more an older player. Beltron found success as he was older late in his career, maybe not the same player. Maybe there's something that he could pass on or work with Cano closely now that he's his manager that – Maybe he could suck out of any kind of life of his career to give us another year or two of production. But you're not moving him to a different no, position. He, no, he's the he's second, the second he's a second baseman. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, we just got to hope that, you know, we see the better Cano 
uh, instead of the worst Cano. Now nah, you you probably hated the Cano deal. Uh, I right? I hated the Cano talk, deal. Talk I mean, about I, war I, with Evan. I, I need I, to hear it. <laughs> was, Are you citing I, war I, with I, Robinson I, Cano? I'm probably well. Don't I mean, have to. He uh, we're just referring to his tweet last <laughs> night about <laughs> the, the war between Justin Dunn. And that is true. I I love that. <laughs> I, I, when I, I yes absolutely. What? So looking up on Baseball Reference, I didn't realize you were such a war. I knew you didn't like war, I hate but I knew you hated it. Oh, I'll tear it apart if you want. Let's assume. Can we assume for one minute that it's accurate? Okay, just for one, just for the sake of this argument. Go ahead. Robinson Cano last year had a 0.3 war. Right. Justin Dunn in his four games that he played had a 0.2 war. That's stupid. So if that's a very, I'm saying let's assume so for a minute. No, You're not, you haven't assumed here's why for a full I can't, 60 seconds. Here's why I can't assume. Can I tell you why? Sure. You just said it. Justin Dunn pitched four games. He pitched four games. So you're telling me Justin Dunn was more valuable than Robinson Cano? I know Robinson Cano wasn't very good. He played 107 he games. Well, I don't think – look. He, he hit 256. He didn't hit 156. He wasn't Chris Davis. He did hit 13 home runs. He didn't hit negative five home runs. How could you tell me Robinson Cano like, is less valuable uh, than well, a guy that pitched four games and walked 30 of them? Didn't he walk like everybody he faced, Justin Dunn? It, that was his first start, yeah. Oh, he, had, okay. he had like eight walks. In like <laughs> the first. But, but my point is, if, all right, if you're going to assume that war is accurate, which I know you don't, but that's a great point. If Justin Dunn walks eight people and his war rating is only slightly lower than Robinson Cano. What does that say about Cano? Well, it says something and about war. But let me get to this to make it fair for you, okay? Because sure. I, I think the whole point is flawed. If Robinson Cano didn't exist, the Mets never traded for him. Forget about Edwin Diaz and any other factor. And sure. Joe Panic was their second baseman every day last year. Yeah, Joe Panic. Remember the guy they signed? How about Jeff McNeil? No, Jeff McNeil was playing right field. He was playing left field. He was playing third base. Which was for, yeah. Okay, but... My point is, are they better if Joe Panic was playing second base every single day? Joe Panic, no. If they're better with me playing second base, no. But that's neither one of those moves are what they should have done. If Jeff it McNeil, should have been Jeff McNeil. Okay, if Jeff McNeil was playing second base, then somebody was playing right field or left field that wasn't playing. Dom Smith. Dom Smith. Ke- Keon Broxton. Yeah, that's Keon Broxton. Broxton. Either way, look, I, I get it. Robinson Cano sucked last year. I mean, no, none of us are arguing that. Is he going to turn things around at 37 years old? I don't think it's likely. I hope he has a better year. I think he's got to be the everyday second baseman because you have no other choice. But here's the caveat to it. To me, I view Jed Lowry as the second baseman, too. And I say I got these two old guys because Jed Lowry's on the team. They're not getting rid of him, nor would it be smart to get rid of him. The guy barely played last year. I'm not just going to throw him in the trash. He drove in 99 runs the year earlier. If you've got a trade, Ryan, that you're smiling about that you have uh, that features Jed uh, Lowry getting me Mike Trout, let me know. Not, not me. Uh, Maybe they got to the right uh, of me, but not you me. You got a Jed Lowry trade? Go. I, I do. I Go. do. So. Go. We all know a glaring hole in this team is center field, right? Yes. I believe that the Mets and the Rays match up pretty well in, <laughs> well as, as trade regard. partners. Okay. So they, they right now they have Kevin Kiermeyer there, right? Okay. Yeah. He's he's pretty much a folk hero there, right? So that's that's why I'm hesitant as to why they might move him. But well, he, Kevin Kiermeyer is somebody that Ant would love, Metman would love because he's a war darling. They that, love that, him. Nice yes, player. War war is great for Kevin Kiermeyer, but my eyes tell me Kevin Kiermaier, elite defensively. Yes. He's got about a 700 OPS the He's last couple of years. He's not a good hitter. He's not a good hitter. But you know what? In the grand scheme of it, if I'm going to fill that hole in center field, I would put together a deal of something like you're, t- you're, you're taking the $30 million or so that's still due to Kevin Kiermaier over the next three years, and I'll, I'll send them somebody like Dom Smith, and Brody has shown that he do- he's not shy about trading guys who are prospects from the previous regime. So who else is in this deal? David Peterson is... Probably oh my God. a well-regarded you guys, prospect. You, you still, you just want no depth whatsoever. Well, let me finish. And Jed Lowry? L- let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. To, and to kind of 
relieved the Rays of their 30, $30 million doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah. But for the Rays, it's probably a lot of money. Yeah, he signed a six-year $53 million. Deal, and I believe the there's probably about $32, $33 million left on right, that. Right, So if we're sending somebody like Dom Smith, David Peterson, I'll even throw in a guy like all the Met Twitter nerds that love the prospects are going to kill me when I say Shervy and Newton. Send oh a guy God, like that. Yeah, well, I'm going to kill you. I'm a nerd too, I guess. Well, the, you know, they're pretty They're pretty deep and on the else? infield. And Where's Jed Lowry in this well, whole Jed, thing? Well, <laughs> well Jed, Jed Lowry's coming in because he's going to – if we're going to take that 30 oh, million – they have to that, take that back. They're going to take the one year of Jed Lowry back. Okay. And they they also need a right-handed bat that can play the infield, so that, that kind of fits for them too. Um, and I'm going to get Kevin Kiermeyer. I'm going to get Yanni Chirinos or a guy like Ryan Yarbrough. Okay. So you're you're adding some pitching. Yes, back. you're gonna get you're gonna get some pitching. Um, I really and I'm not being biased because he's on my fantasy team. Yanni Chirinos <laughs> is a good pitcher. I like on, Yanni Chirinos. He's on my team first. Um, look, I, I don't think the idea of trading for Kevin Kiermaier is the worst thing in the world. He is an elite defensive center fielder. He's not much of a hitter. Could they get him? They probably could based on the contract that you gave up. I have no issue giving up Jed Lowry in that deal. I don't like giving up two prospects. Two prospects for a 680 OPS center fielder. Uh, I, don't but, know. I but, can't do that. But you know what? I can't do that. Kevin Kiermaier has a track, rec- track record of being of a not bell- hitting, correct. Uh, well, you know, if if he's giving you something like 15 home runs with a 700 to 720 OPS and playing elite center field, stealing 20 bases, I'll take that. That's fine. I take that. I'm not giving up two prospects for it. But That's the, the difference. Brody, I take them, I'll take them, sure. Brody has shown he has no loyalty to these prospects I, that he did not okay, bring that's, in. Okay, but that's not a smart move. <laughs> You're the one who created it. Don't blame Brody for it. But you know what? If that – it gives you – the Mets are in a win now, despite what people think. The Mets are in a win now situation. Okay. I think this deal makes them better right. right now. Fair enough. Uh, I disagree. Where, where do you view Jed Lowry, Ryan? Because uh, I view super, him as super utility guy. Probably yeah. going to see a lot of time at second base or potentially third base with McNeil playing second, but kind of feeling feeling that McNeil type role and spell guy. I think he guy. could be good. I think we, well, we've, what do we see? Six at bats, yeah. if that. Well, it was like, oh, what stri- did he strike out every single one? Great. <laughs> yeah, but you got to, like Evan said, two years ago, he's coming off 99 RBIs. Uh, I think career. Lowry's you good. got to, I mean. He's he's old. I mean, that's the problem. He's going to be 36 years old. That's the, by the way, for the record, he was 0 for 7 with four strikes. 0 for 7, yeah. So I don't, think, I don't think I've seen enough to completely throw him to the side or, you know. I think what it, the role he's going to serve, I think, is, his, is fair enough. The two previous years before last, he's better than even a super utility guy. He's an everyday player in this league. So the hope is he can become that. What would you do with Jed Lowry? Uh, he's probably your third baseman next year. Oh, I, wow. I, I, who else is going to be? Well, we'll get to that. Let's Game on. Let's get to that. Let's you know, go to third base before we get the shortstop because I have a crazy idea. Your third baseman is Jed Lowry. Where's Jeff McNeil? Well, are you talking about what I would want to do? Because yeah. don't no, forget, well, well, I want to blow this team up. So, well, I mean, what I want to do is different it. than what you guys no, want to do. No, then say it. You're not That's here, what we're to here to be for. our lapdog. Say I mean, what you want to do. Well, I mean, I could comment on each position, but going. Well, we're going for this. No, what do you do with no, third That's base? what I'm saying. I could comment on each position or I could talk about it more at a macro level. I do like the idea of bundling prospects to get rid of some people. The person that I would try to do that with, although I think any Joe? other team would be crazy to do that, would be Cano. I would bundle. You can't do that. But, but I know you can't yeah, because no, no one's dumb enough to do that. It's not that. It's not dumb enough. Here's why it's. You can't admit defeat when not, you're in. Not even that. It's not. Like any taking of Edward that. Diaz out of the closer role? <laughs> no, no, no. It's none of that. Okay. I, I get that in the NBA. It happens all the time. In fact, that's what the Nets did to try to improve their roster. They took back the bad contracts and said, now make it worth my while. That is so stupid to do in baseball. You're going to give up prospects to free up money? Free up money to do what? That's essentially what the Mariners did. Okay, the Mets are the Mets. You're going to free up, specifically, you are freeing up Robinson Cano's money 
to do what so he doesn't take a position. It's more of its internal flexibility and its financial flexibility. No, it's stupid. Because you're going to give up prospects so that you don't play Robinson Cano. How about this idea? Don't play Robinson Cano then. Why would you give up Drew? Because he's handicapping you. No, no, BS. You want to knock the team down, which I I may disagree with, but I respect. Okay. Okay? And in the process, you want to trade prospects. That is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Well, all right. Agreed, it's not ideal, but oh, I'm putting. Hold on, I'm put in this position because Brody made the trade to bring him in in the first place. I would have just let everything expire. We would have one more year of your uh, Swarzak contracts. That would be done after okay. this year, and you'd be fully able That's to walk fine. away. It's over unfortunately now. that is over now. Right. So how do we get up from that? What I hate about the Cano deal more than anything is that we have four more years of him, and I want to do whatever I can do to kind of free that up. This isn't about 2020. I don't think we're making the playoffs in 2020, no matter what we do, whether we sit Come here on. and try they to. won 86 games last year. Yeah, okay, like and we're going to win. We're going to win less than 86 games next well, year. Well, they may, but you can't say they can't win more. Like, I'm not giving you a grandiose prediction that they're going to win 95 games, but it's also not fair to say they're not close. They are close. They I won 86 games. They were close. They they peaked. They peaked. This is the best they can be. They, Even though they had absolutely no bullpen, much. they had absolutely no bullpen. They also had a ridiculously healthy starting they rotation. Did. No question. Uh, you're gonna are you gonna bank on that for next year? You're gonna bank no. on the Grom and Syndergaard making a combined 68-5 starts. Well, here's what I bank on. I think Jacob Degrom is really, really good, and yes. I think Noah Syndergaard better be. Let better me ask than you a question. Last can I, let me ask you a question. What is more likely to happen? I, Go ahead. Either either can happen. What's more likely to happen? Go ahead. Degrom pitches to a third Cy Young and is as good or better next year, or Degrom falls off a little bit, doesn't make a Cy Young, or pitches to the same exact level and makes less starts. So we have A, what? B, or C. What? what, what, what? What are my options again? <laughs> so, so option A. Third straight Cy Young is third, option one. Third straight Cy Young. Option two is he's really good. Option two takes a step back, so he's not quite as good. Let's say add a half a run to his ERA. Okay. Option three. Option he's, two. He's the exact same pitcher. Right. But makes 25 starts. Uh, probably option two. Option two. But if you That's add a half most, run, he's still pretty good. He's still really good. He's still really good. That's the thing. Like, think about this. When it, when it gets, right, Jacob's but, amazing. But wait, no, but no, wait, wait. We before, already added before a half we, run. Before we, we added more than that, he's going to win the Cy Young again. Agreed. So <laughs> he's going to add another half. But agreed. But my point, my only point in saying that was, in, in saying that that's the most likely thing that, to happen, we already took a small step back. Now, agreed, he's, he might still be the best player pitcher in the game. He could potentially, even when the Cy Young adding a half, another sure. half a run to his yeah, yeah. earn run average, but it still wasn't as good as last year. So my point is, you guys just admitted that the most likely thing to happen with at least this one player is a regression. Yes, because but that's one player on a 26-man sure. roster. Robinson I mean, we, Cano, we go through what's, what's, what's more likely to happen? Uh, probably the same, I would say. I don't necessarily think. Like, okay. I don't know. I mean, Phil even said it can't be worse. It could be. He could be better. I think it's – here's the problem. We could do this with every player on the roster, but the point is to try to improve what you have. Sure. And the other point is there's a lot of guys that should be better and could be better. Noah Syndergaard should be better. I agree. Steven yeah. Matz even should be better. Marcus Stroman slash Jason Vargas combine their numbers. Marcus Stroman in a contract year should be better. Their bullpen cannot be yes, worse. That can't be worse. Yeah. I will put my fist down I, and say that I, literally cannot be worse. That cannot be worse. I, I want to agree with you, but at the same time I'm saying, well, what if you lose Lugo to the rotation and now who do well, you bring in? Let, and let me let me stop X, you there. Y, that, I'm glad you brought up Seth Lugo because before we talk about any moves, who's playing what, who they're trading for, who they're signing for, I need a definitive answer and I need it soon. 
Is Seth Lugo a reliever or is he a starter? By the because way, I just want to point this out. At about 35 minutes on the podcast, as we were approaching third base, we are completely off the rails on the whole position. <laughs> right? Which I knew was going to happen. I tried. I tried to keep it firm. We will get to that. I promise you that. And we will get to more of your blowing up plans. Absolutely. I want to get to shortstop because I have a plan. And I revealed it on WFAN uh, during a show for like 30 seconds. I don't know if you guys seconds. ever heard of it, WFAN. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Big time. I do a show there. I love Didi Gregorius. Okay? I think he's a very good baseball player. I think the Yankees are making a mistake letting him go. I think what he did last year is not really indicative of what he's going to do next year and the year after that. I would be very interested in signing Didi if I'm the Mets. And a part of why I've come around to that idea is while I'm not a big fan of moving Ahmed Rosario to center field, I don't love it, there also aren't great options in center field. I mean, we're talking about Kevin Kiermeyer as an option. Starling Marte, that'd be great. But you know what? I think it's going to cost a lot to get Starling Marte from the Pittsburgh Pirates. There aren't a lot of great options in center field. I think Rosario's a really good athlete. I think he could pull it off. And I'm getting better at shortstop. Didi's really good defensively. I think at this point he's better than Rosario. He's a left-handed bat I could put in the middle of this order. I I am really intrigued by going after Didi and moving Ahmed Rosario to center field. Matt, Matt, no, no, I'm not going to start with you. Right, Ryan, yeah. your thoughts. I'm, I'm sticking with the same line I gave with Alonzo. 23-year-old Rosario, I'm not touching. He finally made steps, progression in the right the right way last year at shortstop. And offensively, I'm letting him roll. Uh, I think you could upgrade center field How? with a more po- – Oh, here we go. Give me, the, give me the answer then. We can I go to Steven, center field. I have Steven Matz for Kevin Pollar. What? Oh, I do Thank it. you. I Somebody do it. I do it. Steven Matt, I'm not a big Steven Matt guy. Oh, Did you say it. for Kevin Pillar? Salaries are a match. I like Kevin Pillar's on a one, on. last year of his contract. Ugh. I think salaries are a wash. He's an elite defensive guy. Giants are losing Bumgarner. New ownership. They got a couple years of control of Matt's in the rotation. I think it makes the Mets. Inst- I think there's better free agent op- pitching options to replace Matt's that you get equal value at a cheap rate. That you could get an elite, can, proven can, major Ryan, league center field that we get haven't me had. Kevin Pillar. I can't give up one of my one of my starting. But you could replace Matt easily than you could put Rosario in center field. You don't know what you're getting. Uh, listen, I let me acknowledge this. There's about a million the Rosa- starting pitchers. Okay, out there. The, the Rosario idea is out there. A part of why it's out there is because I like Didi and I think he's a good player. And what, do you, what are you getting Didi for? A one-year pillow contract? Uh, I would try to get him on a three-year reasonable okay, deal. Okay, because I was saying, if, you, if you're getting him on a one-year deal to disrupt Rosario's development no, I'd want potentially Didi. for one year isn't worth it. And, and by the way, you're I mean, signing Didi. It's got to be a couple years. Let me preface this. I don't even love that my idea I've come up with. It's not one of those ideas I love that I'm bragging about. I'm thinking about it kind who, of out loud. All right, so who's your third baseman? Who would you say was your third baseman? McNeil? So I look at third base as I want to use Jeff. Why wouldn't you slime Rosario to third base? I haven't even answered your damn question. <laughs> I don't know if he's got power for third base. That though, doesn't matter. That's overrated. Yeah. That's overrated. I don't buy that crap. All right. Power in a position. Who cares? I'm saying, at least, Mc, at least McNeil has experience in the outfield. Yeah, so I, I think McNeil will mostly play third base. Mostly. But I want him as an option elsewhere. So, for example, if let's say Jed Lowry's hot. He's playing really well. And Robbie Cano's playing well. And I want them both in the lineup. Jeff McNeil's in the outfield. Jed Lowry's at third base. So, I think kind of things like that. So, I would say my answer to third base is I want McNeil mostly there, but I'm not married to McNeil only at third base. If you move Rosario to third, you're, he's stuck there. Yeah, not, he's okay. stuck there. I'm not fair, moving him around. Fair enough. And I like Pilar. He's good. I can't trade. Last year on this podcast, I said Matt's for Bro- Byron Buxton. That's different because he's 24 well, you, years. You're not getting Buxton for straight up for Matt's. Right. That's first of all. I think you could get Polar straight hey, up for Matt's. Hey, last year, Buxton was coming off the year in which he was sent down to the minor leagues. Why wouldn't they get because him for Matt's? Tw- what was he, 24, still oh, top progress? And what's Matt's? 
Matt's, what's he, 27 now? I think that top prospect label is way off. I agree. So, I think it's way Buxton. off of Matt's. I think, I think we know nah, what Matt's is, unfortunately, now, which I was going to say that when you brought up Matt's before, I think, unfortunately, finally, he's, we, we got, we got to admit starter. that we haven't seen There's a hundred of them in the free agent market. Here's the thing. You I can, think he's likely to be a fourth starter, but with lefties, I hate giving up on them too soon. Lefties develop late. It's been the case throughout baseball. I'm not saying he's, you know, John Neeson develop, but a lot of guys do. Took Cliff Lee a while. I'm not yeah. saying he's Cliff Lee. Just pointing I, that out. I think you could get a guy, a proven Major League center fielder. Matt's is more easily replaced okay. than finding a do center fielder. you like fielder. that trade, uh, Phil? I do not like that trade. Thank you. If I'm trading Steven Matz and making yet another hole in the rotation that I need to fill because chances are you're losing Zach Wheeler, so you're already down one. If I'm creating another hole to lose Steven Matz, listen to this deal. Um, oh, yeah. So th- this team, good team. Okay. They need Major League pitching right okay. now. Right. Would you do Steven Matz for Tyler O'Neill? And Tyler uh, O'Neill plays center field for you. How is Tyler O'Neill defensively? Uh, from what I've read in the Cardinal fan blogs, that he's he's okay at all three positions. He's okay at all so three positions. We might as well put Conforto in center field then. I mean, that's kind of where I was going here. Because <laughs> that that's, is that's, Michael I mean, Conforto actually is okay at all three positions. When, when are we going to finally get a center fielder? Kevin Kiermeyer. Look, they, they, here's the problem, all right? And I don't think Tyler – first of all, Tyler O'Neill isn't proven either, okay? Kevin Pillar is at least a proven Major League Baseball player. I know he's brilliant defensively, and he's an okay hitter. I wouldn't go crazy about it. He's an okay hitter. He's a better hitter than Kevin Kiermeyer. Tyler O'Neill's a big unknown. Who's got the bigger upside, Ty, uh, Tyler O'Neill well, or Kevin Pillar? Of course he's got a bigger upside because he's six years younger. I mean, so from that standpoint, yes. But if you're not getting a really good defensive center fielder, okay, or you're getting Didi Gregorius in my crazy world, then he's right. Then why aren't you just playing Michael Conforto out there? Tyler O'Neill's got good speed. Well, I asked you, is he good defensively? I don't know the answer. I'm being honest. I, I, I've never I seen him see play center field in my own day. eyes. He has played some center field. Isn't that a problem, though? We're going to trade for a guy to play center field that we've never played center field? By the way, I just want to point this out. At the major league level, Tyler O'Neill has only played six games in center field. That's That quantifies as some center field. My deal's looking pretty good now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't even know if you have a comment on this since you want to trade everybody, uh, Mittman. Well, we're talking about shortstop is what you were. I think it started at shortstop. Yeah, we started yeah. at shortstop, so I'd like to go back there. I think I'm on, I'm on board with uh, Ryan. I'd probably like to stick with Ahmed. Uh, if we remember when he came up, he was actually rated higher than Glaber. Do I mm-hmm. think that's going to happen now? No, but um, he's, what, 23 years old? Yeah, I got to keep rolling. So you're not him. dealing I, Ahmed Rosario, by the way. I, no, 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 no. I wouldn't deal. Now, I do want to blow everything up. As right. I said, I would keep Rosario, obviously keep Alonzo. Anybody that's 25 or younger, I'm keeping on this team. You know what? Let's let's spend a few minutes. I'm going to give you the floor. I want to hear the complete blow-up plan. I want to hear all of it, and we can comment on it and probably attack you a little I, bit. Go no, ahead. no, well, no, no, no. I'm not going to be able to go through, like, the blow-up plan because I don't know their minor leagues like these guys do, in all honesty. So then what plan but, do you no, have? No, but what I want to say is I want to do something. Well, I don't I don't know the minor leagues, but I'll give you an example of the things that I want to do. You've mm-hmm. made fun of me for uh, wanting to trade the Grom. It's not because I don't like the Grom. I trade realize the Grom. he's oh you you've known that for years. Yeah, but you still want to trade Jacob the Grom. After I, back-to-back Cy Youngs. You're I, ready to go. I, Ken, let me ask you a question. Yes. How many realistically? Mm-hmm. I, I know you're not going to be able to really answer this question. Realistically, how many starts will Jacob the Grom make for the New York Mets in the playoffs? For the rest of his career. If uh, I, I mean, bro, I got. You want me to predict how the Mets do, or yes. what I hope they do, or what they should do? My point is, Degrom. The Mets are essentially wasting Degrom. It's my point. It's, it's no different than the Angels are wasting Trout. I mean, these are so fantastic players. The Angels should. I would have traded Trout if I was the Angels. For what? Uh, yeah, that's what. Uh, if we're we're going to get totally off topic. If you guys no, no, want to, no, 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 that's, prospects. That's what you want to do. That's my point. Like I was going to say, right. kind of piggyback off that with Degrom is trading them is fine. 
But what are you trading them for? Well, with I mean, already you, the other pieces right. on so, this roster, young and not. Think about the you think about the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Tampa trade that that went down last year mm-hmm. um, for uh, Chris, Chris Archer, Archer uh, Tyler Glass now, and uh, Austin, Austin Meadows. I think that was a pretty good trade. It was a trade the Mets would have never made because Archer was the face, kind of a face of the franchise. That's kind of a similar situation. If the Rays could get Glass now and Meadows for Chris Archer, okay, here's imagine what the Mets could get okay, for Jacob DeGrom. Here's why you're wrong. Because what you're talking about is prospects. So you could take any franchise you want. You want to take the Yankees. You want to take the Braves. You can take any team you want. You can give me their top four prospects. It's still just prospects. Jacob DeGrom has a chance to become a Hall of Fame pitcher. Those are just the facts. Sure. And because he hasn't thrown a lot of innings early in his career, his age doesn't scare me yet. He's not a grizzled 31 or 32. Look at innings. Innings matter. Madison Bumgarner is younger than Jacob DeGrom. It sounds weird to say that. Madison Bumgarner's on a hell of a lot of innings. Jacob DeGrom is putting together a Hall of Fame career. The reason I screamed two years ago to sign Jacob DeGrom was the point I made was this. And we'll see if I'm right. It's only two years here. Jacob DeGrom could be a top-level pitcher for the next six years. That was my thought. He could be a top-level pitcher until he's 36 years old. If that's the case, if I'm right, so far I'm right, but if I'm right, I don't want to trade that. I'm going to look for that. You just mentioned Tyler Glass now. What are you hoping he is? You're praying to God he's half the pitcher Jacob DeGrom is. So why am I trading a, a star, a guy who I think, and you could disagree with me and say he doesn't have a Hall of Fame career ahead of him, I think he could be a Hall of Famer. I think why would I trade be. that for lottery tickets? I think he could be. I mean, so I, I think that? we've seen a, a little bit too too little. I mean, I don't know if I'd go, you know, is Kerry Wood a Hall of Famer? He certainly looked like it for well, two years. Hold on a second. You missed what um, I said. He is setting up a Hall of Fame. He's got to keep doing it. I, right. I acknowledge but that's, that. But that's my point. These things, Tim Lincecum, Kerry Wood, um, the other the other kid, Lefty, for the Cubs that played at the same time as Wood that I'm blanking on right now. Um, it wasn't like, a lefty. Are you talking about Mark Pryor? My, Mark Pryor, sorry, yeah, not a right. lefty. That's right, Mark Pryor. I mean, we have seen pitchers, and it happens to pitchers more than— So do you would you take any top pitcher and just trade them because you don't think they'll stay healthy? No, it depends on the situation. Then why if would you trade Jacob because, DeGrom? Because you asked a specific question, would you take any top pitcher and trade them just because they're healthy? If you're in position to win right now, which I don't think the Mets are— Or the Nationals? What's that? Yeah. Were the Nationals? Of course the they Mets are. The Mets and Nationals, like, halfway through the season didn't look that far True, different. True, but who's our Juan Soto? What? Who's our Soto? Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso. Maybe? I don't know. He led the league in home runs as a rookie. I know he's not 20, but most guys are 20. Right. You have to be a 20-year-old superstar who's our to Trey win a Turner? championship? Who's our Trey Turner? Turner. Rosario. I mean, yeah, oh, Trey Turner's so uh, much better Trey than Turner, Rosario. He's, be- he's yeah. better. <laughs> Jeff McNeil. But, but, but see, here's what you're doing. You're saying everything has to be the same. Overall, they were similar. Now, where the Nationals were better is they scored a few more runs, and their starting pitching was a little bit better. The bullpens, the Mets actually had a better bullpen than the Nationals. Which Those is facts. tough to believe. It's tough. Real they tough. had a better team. The point is, you are talking as if the Mets lost 90 games and they are 10 miles away from the Nationals. No. If you want to go player by player, are the Nationals better? Yeah, they won the World Series. I'm not going to dispute that. I'm saying they're not that far off. And to take a future Hall of Famer potentially and trade him for lottery tickets because you don't think 86 wins could turn into 90 wins, which is not asking that much. It's four freaking games is lunacy. If you listen to our last podcast, we can highlight at least five wins that they should have had yeah, to get up to that. Yeah, wins. but that happens to every team. That happens every year. I mean, I'm tired of playing the Mets game. Yeah, but. Last year, it was, yeah, oh, if it wasn't for the month of June, we would have made the playoffs. Well, that's why they have to the get year better. before that. It, well, 
where that's, are you, we're, that's what we're talking but they're about not here. Going, they can't get better. What do you mean they can't get better? We, we've just come up with ideas that you may not like, but their ideas not blow the whole thing up when you're actually halfway decent. The Mets not a bad team. They're not good enough yet. I agree. They got to get better. One of, that's one why of, we're here. Right, one of our ideas was Grandal, right? And, yeah. and let me go back to that. Yeah. You said it yourself. That would take on a, what, another $9 million, $8 yeah. million? Uh-huh. The Mets are already, I got an article here from Metsmerized. Um, the, the Mets... Mets payroll is roughly one seventy five million before lifting the finger. No, That's not yeah. true. Now that was before that was before the panic and thing. But he, the point is, you David, have, David Wright and Yoenis Cespedes, especially Se- if Yoenis even plays, I don't think he's going to play. So it's the same. So that's the same. That's steady as last year. My point is, no, it's insurance money that should not count against that number. Right, but that happened last year too. So there's no difference with Yoenis. Yeah, but they met spent money. They didn't spend enough money, but they can spend a little bit of money. Like we have not mentioned. Syndergaard is going to make double. But hold on, Edwin a Diaz is going to make ten times what hold, he made last hold, hold year. Hold on, saying. None of us have mentioned Anthony Rendon. We haven't even mentioned his name. We're not even bringing it up. It's a waste of time. Right. I agree with you. It's a waste of time. We're not even going to bring it up. But we're talking about realistic things to take an 86-win team and make them slightly better. And look, you could argue, hey, just a bullpen. Now, I think they have to add starting pitching depth. I agree with you that the Mets were very lucky with pitching. But to go to the extreme of trade Jacob DeGrom, and, and by the way, you have no answer for what you're getting back other than prospects. Like, prospects are just something. But you got to talk about specific players. And what are those players going to become? Like, would you, right now, I'll give it to you. Would you trade Jacob DeGrom for Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No. Uh, that's the trade you just basically well, touched yourself to. W- what I said was if they could get that for Chris Archer, imagine what the Mets could get for Jacob Prospects. DeGrom. Prospects. And you don't know what they become. Well, so then you should you never trade off any players? No, you shouldn't at, trade like, a two-time Cy Young Award winner. No, you shouldn't. Yeah, I agree. You should not trade that guy. Look, I'm all for trading. Matt Harvey after 2015, I wanted to trade him. In fact, you know the trade I brought up to Frances and Beningo? They hated it. I wanted to trade Matt Harvey for this second baseman named Jose Altuve. They said, no, He's you can't good. do that. He doesn't hit for enough yeah, power. Right. Yeah, but at the time, I understand why they said, no, I don't mean to rip them for that. It's literally, I get it. So I'm not against the idea of trading players when their value is high. We could talk about Syndergaard right now if you want to trade him. Trading Jacob DeGrom, especially for prospects, is just – it's foolish. Well, Syndergaard's value is not high, though. By definition, by the you know stock market, buy low, trade high. Mm-hmm. Cinder, trading Syndergaard would be trading low. Trading right. DeGrom is trading high. Right, but if Syndergaard was coming off of the By the year, way, younger, more control. Also, not as good. To your yes. point, to teams, <laughs> to teams looking for him, they could say, oh, younger, more control. When you talk about value, he still has value. He Does he have his value, as right. much value as DeGrom? DeGrom's an animal that's tough to, to crack because he has a full no trade, and the Mets are not dumb like you to want to trade him. Though the Mets are dumb. I, They're I, just I, not dumb in this regard like you are <laughs> in this case. And you're not dumb in general. You're just dumb with this point. Well, but I make that clear. Again, I just want to say, I, I love Jacob. I hate that people make it out to be like that I don't think that Jacob DeGrom's awesome. I absolutely do. I, I, I own two Jacob DeGrom jerseys. My point is I realistically do not see the Mets making the playoffs in 2020 or 2021, and I think we're wasting the the greatest part of Jacob DeGrom's career. I think we're wasting DeGrom when All we can right. get I, something well, back for I, it. I got a headache. Let's do the outfield. Um, What do you want the outfield to look like, Ryan? I got J.D. Davis in left, Pilar, as I mentioned uh, before, a center fielder, and then Cafor to one right. And Nimmo and uh, Dyer. I have Nimmo out of town. Outfielders? I have Nimmo out of town. What are you trading him for? Uh, Blake Trinan from Oakland. Oh, Inspiring wow. contract. I'd do it. A Billy Bean type player. Yeah, one I would for do one. It. Trinan was not great last year. He was good the year before. Four something we year know about relievers. Look, I am all for taking guys and looking to try to improve the bullpen that way because free agency is going to be tough. You know, Daniel Hudson's a free agent. Is he going to be as good as what he was for Washington? I don't know. That's the thing about relievers. It is so difficult to build a good bullpen. 
The Yankees are so fortunate, and a part of it is they spent money. I mean, they spent money for Aroldis Chapman bringing him back. They spent money on Zach Britton. Uh, they spent money on Adam Adovino. But even when you do spend money, like the Mets did for J. Riz Familia, you never know what you're going to get. Nimmo, to me, is a borderline fourth outfielder. I think he can be an everyday player, depending on the way your team is built. I like that he gets on base a lot. His fake hustle obviously impresses a guy like that's, Met Man, which that, is cool. That smells Billy Bean all over it. <laughs> fake hustle. Uh, I think that's a, a decent idea. But So you'd have Dom in the, four, Dom the fourth Dom and then a free agent veteran outfielder as a fourth, fifth outfield option. Pilar, Conforto. J.D. Davis and Dom Smith's platoon in left field. By the way, J.D. Davis is a guy I would – saying I trade him is not fair. I would explore what his value is Of course, is right but now. I, I don't Definitely think – Definitely trade him. Well, say it one more time. J.D. Davis? Yeah. Oh, I would trade him. I, I can't stand J.D. Davis. He can't What are you realistically getting for J.D. Davis, though? What, what can he defend, though? Well, he can't play left field. He's, he's he didn't, not, play, he he didn't play an egregious player. left field last year, I don't uh, think. I think he did. And I, I don't know. I know Eric doesn't like war. I mean, Evan doesn't like war. <laughs> no, oh, my God. Oh, my God. My boss's name is Eric. All right. All right. Fair enough. So I know Evan doesn't like war, but the advanced defensive statistics have him losing 19 runs last year. Whereas he was he was plus twelve runs as a batter, but he was negative nineteen runs as a defensive player. So negative so net he was <laughs> negative seven runs. I, I, I and just watching him, he doesn't play. He's not a great defender, and he's a horrible third baseman. I mean, I mean, I, I would notice nobody mentioned him at third base. I wouldn't consider him at third base, and I partially agree with you, Met Man, in that. Look, I think he got better defensively. He did. I, I want to give him that, and I think that matters because he was learning a new position in the middle of the season, and I don't want to assume that this is the finished product of him in left field. He's not a good defensive left fielder. It's a part of why I would explore what they can get for him. To blindly say I would trade him is not fair because what am I getting? If he doesn't have as much value as we think, I'm not in a rush to get rid of him. When I say you should trade somebody, obviously if you're going to get a bag of baseballs yeah. and there's somebody good, then no, I wouldn't well, trade him. It's about the value you get back. What I'm All I meant to say is that I'm not a J.D. Davis fan, and if you can get value for him, I would definitely And, and I'll tell you something else. If you can get a Kevin Kiermeyer, Kevin Pillar a really good defensive center fielder, it's going to make him better in left field. Oh, my God. I would love Kiermaier for Davis. I mean, that'll never happen. No, that's not what I said. No, no, no. I didn't say oh, that. you got a Pilar and makes Davis better in left Thank field. You. Oh, okay, Thank okay. you. Sorry, Thank sorry, sorry. My, if you, but, I, mean, I if apologize. If you get rid of J.D. Davis <laughs> and you explore, say you value, you're getting back maybe a back-end reliever. Uh, who's playing left field? Who do you have playing left field? Oh, this isn't about me. I mean, you want well, me to tell you what I well, would do? We're going outfield? by left field. You, you said you would explore. If J.D. Davis is gone, who you plug in? Because I guess we're all on the same page. Cespedes is most likely not playing. I'd be shocked. We'd all be shocked if he was. He played. Yeah, I don't think of him as part of my plans. Look, a lot of it depends on money, okay? What a guy's going to get and what the Mets are willing to spend. Um, Marcelo Zuna is really good. Would I like Marcelo Zuna? Sure. Do is I Marcelo think- Zuna much better than J.D. Davis defensively? Yes, he is. He is better. He is. Yes. Yeah, he can't, yeah, throw, he can't throw, guys. He yes. can't throw. I, I understand he that, but overall, he's a better defensive nah. left fielder. What's, what, can we get his war? Jaden <laughs> 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 Davis is not Daniel Murphy out there in left field. No, no, no. And, and, and to, to the defense of you, because I'm kind of in the middle of this argument here, I don't think he's a finished product. That would be my one defense of JD's defense. He's not, dude. He didn't have a spring training play in the outfield. True, you could say the same thing about Daniel Murphy when he dropped that ball do, uh, during. No, the, no, uh, no he's not Santana Daniel Murphy. Murphy. He's no, not I'm not Daniel saying Murphy. he is, but you could you that. could make that same statement about Daniel Murphy that year that we moved him to left field. That was my only point. You could say, oh, he was not a finished product. He's transitioning. I, I think there are some interesting outfielders to take a look at. I mean, Yasiel Puig is going to be a free agent. Melky Cabrera is going to be a free agent. Um, Avicel Garcia, also not great defensively. Um, Mark Hakes, I would have loved, but the Braves worked out a deal to keep him. Um, Ozuna is good. 
Gardner's going to resign with the Yankees. Alex Gordon's getting a lot older. Castellanos, they're not going to go after. And he's not good defensively either, by mm-hmm. the way, but yeah. he's some hitter. I think a lot of this is easier if they get a really good defensive center fielder. Now, I know Rosario is not that with the whole Didi Ahmad Rosario idea. It's just that there aren't a lot of really good center fielders out there. Starling Marte, I think, would we all agree that Starling Marte would be a great fit for this team? Yes. Yeah, be awesome. great fit. I don't want to give up. Like, it's gonna, probably going to take a lot of capital to get him. What would they have to give up? I mean, the Pirates are a weird team. You have to think they're rebuilding. You'd have to think they want exclusively well, what's, prospects. What's the Mets' best strength? It's probably Dom Smith. Probably right? they're dealing from strength they, there they, with Alonzo, but they have Josh Bell. Yeah, they have. So Josh they're not Bell a fit there. there. It's not a fit there. Does, mean, does a guy like JD Davis intrigue them? He is under team control. He is he, relatively young. I think JD Davis. You can trade JD Davis. You're going to get the most value in an American League club. Yeah, for all the reasons why He's you're saying bad defensively. Yeah. Someone he could DH, yeah, think, spell, and left field. I like, think with the Pirates, it's going to be all prospects. And the Mets do not have a deep enough farm system. That's why Marte, I think, is the easy answer for all of us in center field. But I don't know how they get him. Yeah, I, I don't uh, think they can. They can wait a year and get Until him. Until he's a free agent? agent? That's why I, I, my man Pilar is I, sitting out there. I thought there was another option on him next year. I could oh, be wrong about he's that. He's a free I agent were, after this year, I believe. They picked there up his a, option. No, I thought There's there was, a second option? I don't I know. I thought there was. There. Look, either way, are we waiting a year? I mean, we're not waiting a year. Well, a lot of money comes off the books in a year. (laughs) By the way, if uh, everyone's not in love with my Kevin Kiermaier idea, I do also have an idea to get Tommy Pham from the Rays instead. That Tommy Pham profiles as a guy that the Rays most likely trade because he's going to be 32 years old to start the season. Right. He did play 90 games in center field before he got traded to Tampa Bay. Obviously, he's not going to play center field in Tampa Bay with Kevin Kiermaier there. But that's another guy that they can kind of go after. He'd be great. He, I think he's a very good fit. Another guy on my fantasy so, team, by the way. Yes, I know. But so difficult, though. Fe- the thing about these trades that is so tough is we're trying to analyze what another team wants, and it's very difficult to do that. I mean, I I don't know what Tampa Bay would even want for But, you know, fans. I would think that, most importantly, they want to take the next step and actually, you know, sur- not, you know, surpass the right. Yankees, but, you know, be, com- sure. be very competitive. Sure. And for that reason, I mean— but who are the Mets giving them to take that step? If they trade Tammy, uh, Tommy Fon- Tam, whatever, back. they're taking a step that, back. That, 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 they're getting prospects. That, that's why I think going after a guy like Kevin Kiermaier is probably mm-hmm. more realistic. But Tommy Pham, I mean, just by his profile of his age, he's not making a lot of money yet, but arbitration-wise, he's probably going to make about $9 million bucks this year. And by the time he becomes a free agent, like they're not going to want to hold on to him. Do they want to keep him to you know try and make another run at right, it and improve right. elsewhere? Maybe. By the way, why are you in favor of Starling Marte? He's old. I thought you want to blow it up. So again, we have to go. No, no, I'll I'll answer the question. It it goes back to how are we having this conversation? If we're having purely what I want to do, yeah, I would blow it up, and I wouldn't be Marte. But because you guys are having the conversation of you know what's the team that's going to give us the best team on the field next year, then I'll participate. Though I mean, I don't understand that because I don't think that they can. Here's the thing: in the Mets' entire history, right? Mm -hmm. Have they ever had? what the Braves had in the early 90s, what the Houston Astros have now. Sustained winning, I, you mean? I want sustained winning. I want a five-year – guys, I don't want a decade. I want a five-year run. Can we start five on, years, can we start on we're two? We're in the playoffs. Five. But that's <laughs> my start point. With two? But hold on, hold on, hold on. Can, wait, can I get to that? What they're doing now is selling out the future for a flash pan. That's what they do. Okay. They, they, sell, they but, sell it. They're going to hit one, the, two years. Here's the thing, though. I agree. I think most of us agreed. I, I, actually, I can't speak for you guys. I didn't like the Robbie Cano trade, the Edwin Diaz trade. I didn't like it because of the prospects and taking on the money. Right. If you want to do one, do one. You can't do both. Uh, I agree with you about that. But in 2014 into 2015, you were saying the same thing. 
They're not good enough. They're not this. They were set up for sustained winning. They they were. And they made the playoffs in back-to-back freaking seasons. And I thought they were going to have sustained winning. What a moron I am. They made made a one-game play-in, which I don't count the wild card game as a playoff. I I agree with you. I don't count it as a playoff game. And then Connor Gillespie happened. I I understand. Madison Bumgarner happened. I get all that. Jairus Familia happened. But they still, in a year in which they were riddled with injuries, got to the one-game playoff. Okay? And what happens, I think the Nationals taught us this, the Royals have taught us this, you get to the one-game playoff, anything can happen. That's the thing. Yeah, sure. All you got to do is get to the playoffs. And the Mets are certainly built where if they ever got to the playoffs, they could pull a Nationals but, and go on a crazy run. But what I feel like you guys are doing, and by you guys I mean all Mets fans that, are, that? that are in this win now, is you're selling out to get to that one-game playoff. Because I don't think they're going to realistically get to be better than the Braves. So I don't think that winning the division is in the cards, in all honesty. I, I don't think they're going to win 97 but games. what have we said that's selling out the future? I even said, I think it was to um, Fantasy Phil, well, I don't want to give up prospects. I said that. So how am I selling out the future? Oh, I, then that's a good point. Then has then Ryan talked about trading prospects? Yeah. For the most part, he hasn't. So you're, right. you're, 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 right. you're, right. you're pitting us in a way that's not accurate. You're completely right. I'm, I'm thinking of what Brody was doing, which is why I really don't we like, didn't like Brody. like the trade. No, I, I agree. But okay. what I, I'm more in that mindset that I don't like what the current administration is doing. So me, I would blow it up. Because I want to build. I want to completely build. Trading DeGrom would bring back a haul oh, of prospects. God, so but, you know, in fairness, idea. you don't get the right to, you know, uh, bl- for lack of a better term, blow it up to get these prospects when you haven't won anything, like, any time recently. You know what I mean? Well, I don't, even, that's, that's, I don't that's, even think it's that. You know what I think it is? You, you are still talking in this frame that they are so, – basically, they can't win. And I just don't understand how one can say that. How the Mets can't win. All right, so they of course they can win. So they didn't have a great year last year, and they won 86 games. Like I'm not trying to be delusional in thinking it's a lock, but you're so close to something solid to say, yeah, I don't believe it. But Blow what, the whole thing up is it's foolish. But what makes you think they're going to be any better than they were last year? They have the same. So oh. right now they have the same team. What what well, makes you going to improve? Some of the flaws that they have in 86 turns to 89, 90 yeah. wins. But how? Them. But that's my point. So, well, so like, to improve the like, like we're talking about the outfield right now, right, yeah. as an example. And I don't, ha- I don't have a plan for the outfield because my plan is blow it up. But in the outfield alone, Michael Conforto is going to go from making about $4.025 million to um, their MLB trade rumors is projecting eight point one. So his salary basically doubles. Brandon Nimmo, which I agree with you, by the way, I'm not sold that he's anything more than a fourth outfielder. Right. His salary is projected to triple. So that's my point. In just holding the players that we had last year, and I understand you guys had some great ideas. I like the Plar idea, by the way. But um, in just holding the players that we had last but, year, but, we're going to be paying significantly yeah, but more. Missing, Stroman's going to make almost but, double. Well, hold on a second. None of us have really I, – I mentioned Ozuna for a second. None of us have really talked about big free agents that cost that much money anyway. We're talking about, hey, how do you take this roster and make them better? So it's not as if our answer is Anthony Rendon, Steven Strasburg, and Garrett Cole. None of us have said that. So you're acting like, well, they're the Mets. They're not going to spend money, so why bother? They don't have to spend that much money based on what we've been even talking about. We're, I think, And we haven't gotten to the starting pitchers yet. This podcast is going to take eight hours. Uh, Zach Wheeler, I think all of us assume, is not coming back. I agree, but one thing you guys aren't doing, and, and fairness, and I was wrong. I, you guys have not brought on long-term contracts, yeah. traded away prospects. Damn but right. in fairness, we haven't talked about acquiring prospects either. And I did. I talked about Wilson Ramos, and we talked about J.D. Davis exploring their market. 
But that, that can't you, happen, though. Because why, why, why can't that happen? Because I don't think I told you with the Grandal. You mentioned yourself. You think that's a net plus eight million dollars? I don't repla- think that's going to happen. That's if you replace Ramos with Grandal. I also mentioned you could go more defense and look at a guy like Martin Maldonado. Like there are other options. I, I, I think the the need to acquire prospects come with a rebuild. I don't think we're at least I'm for myself. I don't think we're in the state where we need to rebuild. So I don't I don't put the same I guess weight on going out and acquiring prospects right now because. That's not where the state of the team is. The team right. is win now. So prospects, they had a really good draft last year by all all records, right? They got a couple good. The first four picks were, you know, highly regarded by uh, a lot of the the scouts or whatever. Sure. So I mean, you look at it, the guys coming off over the next year or two. Those guys are as good as people are projecting they're gonna be. Those guys, those are those are quickly gonna become your top prospects. So the That's need the, the need to require top prospects but, isn't there. But in fairness, though, I and I, I take prospects, and this is why I don't research the minor leagues because it's such you a. You want to blow it up, but you don't want to research the minor leagues. You don't see your. I don't, I don't have time to research the. Yeah, minor but you want to blow the but whole team up, up for prospects. Getting, top, getting specific prospects are the key no, ingredient I, in blowing yes. it up. No, 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 I completely agree with that. But my point is, I can't pinpoint a specific player. To your point, I can't spe- uh, pinpoint a specific player and say yes, I want that guy because I know he's going to be ter- turn into whatever. My, my problem, but I want to gain as much as possible because more than likely one of those is going to be something when the Yankees traded Chapman and and acquired Frazier and acquired um, Glaber Torres that that uh, Miller and Chapman trade together one worked out better than the other I'm not sure they knew who was going to work out better between Clint Frazier and Glaber Torres hopefully they did but they got Glaber Torres now they could have chosen wrong maybe they only did one of those deals and they got Clint Frazier and they didn't get Glaber Torres but they did them both so you bring in all the good prospects you can possibly, and then Just you Just remember, they did that for relief pitchers. They did not exactly trade a, a two-time signing Award winner in deals like You're that. right. So imagine what we could get for yeah, Jacob the I've imagined it. It may not be as good as you think. You have to hit on prospects. But let me get to the pitching, and I want to get to a Phil question because it's a really good one. Seth Lugo. I'll start off by saying this. I want Seth Lugo as a starting pitcher, period, and I'll tell you why. He cannot relieve because he can't pitch every day. Yes. And I'm not asking for five days in a row. But if you're going to be a closer in this league or if you're going to be a top-line eighth-inning guy in this league, you can't pitch once and then need two-day offs. Or he pitches back-to-back days, now he needs a week and a half off. So for that reason, I want to give him a shot to start. He's never been a failed starting pitcher. We know this team needs starting pitching depth. Uh, Does it weaken the bullpen? Sure. But look, they got to go out and get relievers anyway. So I'll start off by saying I vote Seth Lugo starter. I agree. That that question in itself, it needs to be answered sooner rather than later because I think that – that Seth Lugo himself, his effect on whether he's going to be in the bullpen or in the rotation trickles down and affects the entire entire roster. Because I, I tend to agree with you. I want him in the rotation solely because, like you mentioned, he can't pitch. He pitches. He can pitch once a series, basically like that. And I, I can't have my best reliever available one game per series. The you just can't have. That. I, I, yeah, go ahead. No, go I ahead. think you just answered where I'm going with leaving him in the bullpen. He's your best reliever. You don't know what he's going to be in the rotation. He might be I, a fit starter, it, so why he, are you weakening already? Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember but that's where you get parts around them where he doesn't need to pitch every day. Well, not only twenty sixteen, but you remember um, WBC? Uh, he was pretty. Yeah, he, he was, was a beast good. on uh, Team Puerto Rico. Who was uh, that's four who was years he on that ago. team with? Carlos Beltran. Okay. <laughs> but if Familia does his job, Diaz it does his job. The need for Lugo to pitch every day isn't as great, and we know he's a top reliever when he's in that role. To take him and make him a fourth starter where maybe he's but, but Ryan, wins 12, 13 you're, you're, you're games. You're going to have a hole in the rotation that you need to fill, and you well, already have the guy back in the to building. my point where there's enough fourth and fifth starters on the free agent market that are – there's not eight and in closing do you, do you, guys on the free agent market. There's not, they're not there. 
getting a fourth, fifth starter is going to be a lot easier than getting an eighth, ninth inning reliever. That's do, my point. We're leaving him there. Do we know what Seth Lugo as a starter is, though? You're we don't, but I know what he is in the bullpen. Okay, but here's the good news. Here's the way I would look at this. I, I, I make him a starter. He's probably in my rotation as a fifth starter. If he's bad or if he's mediocre, I can move him back to the bullpen. We Going that way is easy. Going the other way is tough. You can't in July say, I'm going to make this reliever a starter. You can't stretch him out like that. But you can go the other way. And that's a great backup plan to have. It's a great backup plan knowing if it doesn't work with Lugo in the rotation or I really need him out of the bullpen in the middle of June and July, I hate this cliche, I can make a trade for a reliever by moving Lugo back to the bullpen. But did that work with Jabba and Phil Hughes? This is when, not Jabba but, and Phil but Hughes. The same, it's but but no, it's the same not. theory, moving back and forth. Back and forth. I'm doing it one time now. Well, he was a starter earlier. Early, then he was a reliever. Now he you make him a, a starter reliever. again. In July, you're going to make him a reliever again. No, no, no. Let's not mess with a guy that we know what he Works can be. Wayne Wright, though. What, Wayne Wright? Well, he was a closer <laughs> for years. That's, but that's Wayne Wright, small. There is a track record of, I'm of doing it. I'm not jerking him Jason Isringhausen worked pretty well. <laughs> yeah, but that was towards the. It's, it is a little bit different. I see where you're coming from that starter, reliever, starter, reliever, starter. I get you don't want to do that, but he relieved all of last year. And I think those concerns are fair, even if the Mets had a really good bullpen. I don't like having a reliever that I can only use on special occasions. Then you've got to decide, well, what day should I use Seth Lugo? Because God knows when I use him, I can't use him again for a few days. But, so. if Ed, but if Edwin Diaz was Edwin Diaz of the year before, Lugo doesn't need to pitch every day or two innings every time he pitches. A lot of elements are going to go into how his recovery is based on his need and use. I think, But I think no matter what, he's not going to be used on back-to-back days, no matter what. If he's yeah. pitching one I inning, that's not, he's not going to be used on back-to-back days. Do you yeah. agree Robert Gazelman should uh, – because there's a debate about him, too. To I me, I don't think he's any can, good. Can I, I don't just think jump he's in, in to roster. say that I agree with you on Lugo? I'd put him in the rotation. I, I just want to go on record. Since, Sorry. Uh, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> say, I wouldn't <laughs> go as far as to say he's not any good. The stuff is there. He can throw mid to high 90s. Okay, reliever he's, starter for Gazelman. He's tough. I mean, no, I prefer, it's not I, tough. He's a reliever. I, I, I prefer, reliever in Triple okay, I, I prefer <laughs> I prefer Lugo be the one to go into the rotation, but I, I'd give Gazelman a spring train to see what he looks like as looks like as a starter. He's, right. still, he's still fairly young enough, and if he shows a little something that he can be a fifth starter, yeah, I'd be open to that. I don't think he's any good. I don't, I'm not a Gazelman guy. I, I'm going to play the middle of that. I I would start him in spring training, but I think he's long relief in the bullpen. So here's the way to answer a lot of this stuff. Um, they're not going to trade Jacob Degrom. I know that. <laughs> Steven Matz, I doubt will be traded. Okay, I doubt it. I doubt Noah Syndergaard's going to be traded. I, I actually don't even think we're going to hear rumors about this this offseason. I don't think. Uh, no, I think he's going to be on the team. I think those four guys, four guys, those four guys are your rotation. Are they going to stay healthy? Probably not. You're right about that. The Mets were very lucky last year with how healthy they were. I expect Syndergaard. I hope Syndergaard is better. I expect Matt's to be the same, if not a little bit better. I expect Stroman to be better. That's why it's odd with this rotation. You're right about the health question. And I think the Mets were lucky as hell with how healthy they were. But in a lot of ways, I think their rotation should be better. But I think we all assume that Zach Wheeler is not in this rotation. And how much would you even offer to keep Zach Wheeler? I qualify an offer, which they did. I think if he accepts it, great. Uh, You're not even making him a real offer. Maybe a three-year deal. I mean, his... He scares me still. As much so as he's done the last year. want to let him go. Yeah, I think you get, you get the pick. You got okay. Stroman as your insurance policy. I think Stroman and Wheeler are kind of a wash, and you right. wash your hands and move on. Um, I personally think it's outrageous that four years, $80 million is like the Mets are like, that's way out of way out of our <laughs> league. But, <laughs> but Wheeler's a $20 I, I, million I, dollar I, year pitcher? I mean, yeah, that's what, the, that, that's what the market is now. Corbin, Corbin got $137 million. Yeah, that's what the market is now. I mean, sure, it's a it's a high uh, annual salary, but in a four year window, I I don't think 
that's problematic. So what it would, shouldn't what, be. What would be your biggest offer for him? Four for eighty. I think. And I if he do. gets a hundred million, you wave goodbye. Yeah, I would. Okay. Uh, three for sixty, but I know that won't get it. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get the compensation pick. You know what's crazy? I think I'd go further than all you guys. I think I would go right around $95 million for Zach Wheeler. I'd love to have him back. I think the strength of this team is pitching. I would love to have five guys like that in the rotation. Quick off topic, where do you see him going? Because And and the reason why I asked that is because if we were doing this podcast one year ago, um, what I was really high on is I wanted to tr- offer him to the Braves for Austin Riley, and I just I wanted to see. If you think, <laughs> no, I, I, I thought he's a, he's a Georgia I, kid. Braves yeah. love My, Georgia kids. I did Austin MLB, Riley third base. We did an MLB. You guys weren't a part of this. Don't be offended. I did an MLB predictions podcast, and I had Zach Wheeler going to the Angels. So that, that's my prediction. I don't think they're going to get Cole, obviously. That's why I'm saying the – who knows? One of those teams, the Astros, the Yankees, the Angels, the Braves are absolutely a factor. I hope it's not the Braves. I ideally would love to have this rotation. I think it would be so cool for a full year. And I know that that probably means Stroman is gone, which, okay, fine. I would love to have this rotation intact for a full year. But most teams don't have five I don't cases. Care. That's five. That's every but other team. What about we, us? But we uh, – uh, how, my, when, does it, when does it work for us? Here's my question to you. All right. Generation K. <laughs> we're, we're talking about Mets and budgets and whatnot. I think the Mets have some money to spend. I don't think it's this hard cap the way you're describing it. We'll see what they do. Look, the Mets do nothing. You know us. We'll be ripping them off. Why it. wouldn't they spend it last year, though? It, it, you, you, I, I feel like Brody operated. They did spend. Like they bought Jairus no, no, but if they, Well, I know. That was Jen ridiculous. Lowry. But my point is you could have gotten more. There was a couple outfielders and a couple uh, center fielders that you could have brought in last year. Uh, I don't think that had to do money. with money. I think it was the fact that they actually thought they had an outfield. I think they thought that they, it, remember they thought Cespedes was coming back. That was before he fell in a hole. <laughs> so, sorry, I can't. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I would look. Here's my question to you. All right, look. If you don't think they have any money to spend, then that's the end of the subject with us. But if you think they have money to spend, if you don't want to spend it on Wheeler, who do you want to spend it on? Well, I got five guys. Tell me. Well, I got you. I have wet mats going to for Pilar. So that salaries are washed, but that obviously so you've leaves, lost Wheeler and Mats. That leaves two holes. So and who I, are you signing? You, I mean, take your pick of four or five. You Rick know, Porcello, Porcello, Tehran, Alex Wood, Rich Hill. I mean, I think they're all be comparable to what Stephen Mats is going to give you. What Vargas gave you last year. And now I'm banking on Stroman and Syndergaard taking a step up. Sure, going with that. Sure, Stroman's sure, not sure. your four star anymore. He's got to be your three star. Syndergaard's got to be your two. And then sprinkling the extra money over in the bullpen. Same thing. Getting two or three guys. Instead of one reliever, we need two or three. We but need. You, excuse me. You don't have to spend money on starters. No, you don't. If that's, you just re-sign Zach Wheeler what, actually, and when I have my Mats. When I have my money here, I actually right. have the Mets payroll going down. Wow. And cause I think I really think they, they could compete this year. And then next year, they're gonna a lot of money's gonna come up the books. I think we're one year away from a big splash that we we want. Oh, jeez, yeah, I, right. I, I do because I think with Cespedes coming off the book, Ramos coming, off, Lowry coming off the book. I think next year is the year where they could pick a guy and say we're going for this guy. Right. I don't. That's not this year. This year is plugging holes, yeah, reshaping I, you the know roster. What? I, I gotta tell you, and I know we'll get calls about Rendon. I don't think the Mets have to make a big splash. Like no, I, I think I agree. If you re-sign Zach Wheeler, throw money at another star, a swing guy. I wouldn't call it a starter, a swing guy, because they need starting pitching depth. You know, Martin Perez, maybe that swing guy, left-hander. Or you know, yeah, Yanni Chirinos. Or Yanni Chirinos in your trade. Things like that, because they do need starting pitching depth to Ann's point, because what if they have injuries? You, you want guys that are competent. I don't know if I trust Walker Lockett. I'm oh, not God, sure don't I'm there I don't want to see Walker Lockett. I don't want to see Chris Flexen. I don't want to see Drew Gagne. I don't want to see any of, of these guys. Yeah, okay. Paul no, Seawald on the first <laughs> plane out. And, and that's Walks why they have to make you know a deal for a guy like Blake Trinan. 
You know, you want to re-sign Brad Brock, you can. You know, you want to go. Jersey boy. You want to sign Will Harris? I mean, he's 35 years no, old. I'm not giving up the pick for a reliever. That's really the holdup, not the money? No. You're getting, getting an extra pick in your world by uh, losing Zach you, Wheeler. You are, but for a reliever, we've seen life of a reliever, right? So then give up that first, that, that conversation pick. I don't I, I don't think it's How are it. you improving the bullpen? I got Trinan. Okay, which right? I like. I like that. I, I would bring back Brock. I think Brock was. I have no problem with Brock coming I think Brock back. Was a good Plus, guy. he's a Met fan. I, you need another lefty, so two guys I would target, Pomeranz and, and Dykeman. Pomeranz is the guy. Well, you, Drew Pomeranz, I'm telling you right now. You still have Justin Wilson here. And no, I, Wilson, I, you need a second lefty, you and can it can't have, be Luis Avalon. Listen, Drew Pomeranz almost won me a fantasy championship. This son of a bitch was so good down the stretch with Milwaukee. He's a reliever. Yeah, I'm telling. If they sign him, whoever signs Drew Pomeranz is going to be rewarded. Yeah, so he is going to be. I, right. You could see it. Just watch him pitch. Yeah. He looks like he's the next dominating left-handed reliever. So my bullpen. Just Save to, that clip. Yeah, no. So my bullpen <laughs> just to put a cherry on it. Diaz, familiar Wilson, Lugo, Brock, Pomeranz, Dykeman, and Trinan. By the way, over Dykeman, whatever, Not and and, no. and and, and, and Trinan. Okay, and I think that's a that's a serviceable bullpen. That's and, a. And you mentioned Diaz. Diaz, yeah. And Diaz is not your closer right out of the gate. No, I think he's got to go to spring training and, and earn it. I'm totally with you. Diaz needs to be on this roster. Getting rid of him is crazy, but he's got to earn it. And he, if he pitches well, he'll be the closer by May. It's not really a worry. What's your plan? For the bullpen, um, I mean, it's really – I don't want to say I'm banking on it. What are you banking but on? Familia and Diaz have to be better. They can't be worse. I agree. They with cannot that. be worse. So you're not dumping Familia. No, I'm not. not I mean, if so, I mean, if someone wants to take him, by all means, I'm not gonna. But you're I'm not, not gonna. I'm not gonna by, by the way, I'm, I think if we did dump Familia, I think I read that we have to pay him like a million dollars if we trade him. So we could throw that off. <laughs> yeah, out. most contracts have a clause like that. And, and you like know that. what? With relief pitchers, I wouldn't do that. Relievers are so up and down. I, I I'm not trying to tell you I have confidence in Javis Familia. I don't. But I also don't like just getting rid of relievers. Look, Swarzak, and I think you have a good point with the whole Cano deal. Like, they were so desperate to rid themselves of Swarzak's contracts, contract. Relievers are so up and down. The Mets that's, are going to go sign a reliever that we're going to hope is going to be up. Heck, the run, dog. We're going to hope he's that, up. That, we don't know. That's why I'm, very, after, especially after what, what we went through with Diaz, I am very, very hesitant in giving up any type of, like, everyday asset. Like, a brand. well, the Brandon Nimmo for trying to deal, I'm not, I'm not uh, really opposed to that. Right. But giving up a Dom Smith or a Brandon Nimmo or – take your pick of anybody else for just a reliever because nowadays it's a lot more likely that you can just find a Drew Pomeranz who by all accounts has stunk for the last five years is now an effective reliever. Yeah, You're a lot more likely to find a guy that you might not have thought of who who can be turned into an effective reliever. Look at Hansel Robles. We wanted to run this guy out. We yeah, wanted yeah, to put him on the first point. rocket ship point. to outer space. You're right. Goes to Anaheim and all of a sudden he looks halfway confident. And we shouldn't be surprised by that. That's I mean, why I'm hesitant in trading the Nimmos, the Dom Smith, the J.D. Davises, any of these guys, and even giving a big-time contract to a reliever on the free agent market because I'm, like I said, I don't want to say I'm banking on it, but I'm, they have to be better for me. They have to be better. Edwin Diaz has to be better, and oddly, I have a weird confidence that he will be. I don't know if he's going to be be the guy. Yeah, and that actually is true. He can't be worse. By the way, on the WBC team, Puerto Rico with... Carlos Beltran. Okay. And Carlos so Beltran did say it. Coming back but together. Carlos Beltran said in his press conference that he noticed he did. D- Diaz tipping. And he mentioned and that's he what did that with Paxton. And, huh? that, and that's what he's famous for as a player, was he was a smart player, just to bring it back to sure. Beltran. You hope that he could go to Diaz and say, hey, listen, this is what you were doing. Fix him. And fix it. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I'm i with you on that. What's on your plan? On the bullpen. Well, I do, but it, if I'm going to contribute yeah, to making along. the team better. I'm, I'm playing along. Thank you. Um, So... One thing that concerns me about Diaz, and it, there's a few things, but the biggest thing I think is, is it a New York thing? 
Like, is it right. A.J. Burnett with the Yankees? Is it um, uh, Sonny Gray with the Yankees? And then they go somewhere else, and they can still perform. They just, for some reason, can't do it under the spotlight of New York. That that does concern me. I think that's why you, you take them out of the closers role, though, right. thinking that maybe that'll help. Yes, so you're going right down the, down the, down the path. And this is, this is one where everyone's going to laugh at me for. What I would do with the closer role. Syndergaard. Is I would uh, I'd actually move Familia back there. Now I don't like Familia. I'm not a fan of his. But even before we traded him the initial time with Connor Gillespie, the whole time, he always struggled in non-save situations. He was always his best in save situations. And I think if again, I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast. I'm not making this in a vacuum. I'm taking the whole team into account at once. I think you're going to get your best bullpen. You're going to get your best Familia in the closers role. So I would shift him to the closer yeah. role, put Diaz set up. The, the problem with Justin that is, Wilson, I, and I, I get what you're saying because that was the case back in the day. He was, for whatever reason, not good in non-save situations. I don't know if that's a magic elixir at this point with him. I, I don't know that. And it's tough to like just it. hand him that when he's been so bad. How do I hand him that? He's been so bad. Oh, yeah, you're the closer. But now. I think it's the best opportunity for him to be good like thinking of what can you do to make him better i think that's the best opportunity to put him in a spot that he can succeed is my opinion i I just don't know if it will make that big of a difference i mean i'm open to anything at this point because this bullpen was was awful last year and if it was competent maybe they're in the playoffs now but we've seen we've seen actually great closers struggle in non-save situations but this was a different kind of struggle man i mean i agree he was so bad this year he was so b- It shouldn't be that extreme that he's not the closer, you know? And I think his struggles began as a closer, too, if you want to go back a couple of years. Even with the Mets, the year they got rid of him. He started to struggle. Yeah. So, true. I don't know. Fixing the bullpen is going to be the priority. By the way, in my extensive uh, Mets raise trade research, if yes. you don't want to do Yanni Chirinos, let's say you want to put Seth Lugo on the bullpen, maybe a guy like Emilio Pagan is a guy you explore in a deal. And you're getting you got, you got the Mets yeah. and Rays making I, I think they, I think they match up very well. Rays obviously have pitching out the wazoo. And they they can be worked with, I think, to will, make a deal. Will Yoenis Cespedes play in 2020? I hope not. I'm going to say hope I, not. I hope not. Just just because of what we deal with with this team, with finances and everything like that. <laughs> I don't want like because if if this 29 million dollars or whatever how much he's making yeah. comes on into the payroll, forget it. We're not ne- we'll never be able to make like another move the whole year. <laughs> My, it, it, that's kind of that was kind of my point in talking about the monies. By the way, right. it's, it's not the player himself; it's the fact of if you know if what they tell us is true that they recoup whatever seventy five percent and they do reinvest it into the roster. I'd much prefer that, given the guys that are on the team, rather than Cespedes coming in and I. I wonder if it because of that very reason, if this isn't like a Jacoby Ellsbury situation no. where it's just like yeah, yeah, he's still hurt. He, uh, you know, um, it's a, it's a fair question because it's only a few months he would be able to play right. anyway it, it, think about it like if he came back best case scenario what are we talking about july i mean it's two months three months before the season's over so do the mets want to be on the hook for a lot more money and i'm not sure how insurance works i don't think they would cover the first few months maybe they would i don't really know um i, I just don't expect them because I, I hear a lot joe says this all the time too it's a contract here he's gonna come back he's gonna be great i don't think the body works that way the body isn't simply, oh, it's a contract. You know, I'm feeling better. If your body's breaking down, your body is breaking down. And I think his body is breaking down. I do think we'll see him, though. But for yeah. some reason, we do see better performance. I mean, I, I didn't think uh, Frazier would be anything like he was last year. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I thought the Mets would be even worse, a little bit worse last year. Um, but Frazier actually played really well, contract year. Um, I do think we'll see him. But um, the money, I, I think, is a fair point.
So the Mets next year, doing what you think they're going to do, will win how many games? Less than 86. Um, they will I, be less than – I'll say less year. than 86. I, I think they peaked last year. I, I called you on your Saturday show. I, I don't expect you to remember this, but I did tell you. Of course eight, I remember. 84 to 86 wins, no playoffs. And then the next thing I said – for my fellow Mets fans, I hope we play well next year because I see 2019 being better than 2020 and 2021. You know what's weird, though? Here's, I guess, the thing I have a tough time understanding. 85, 86, 87 wins. The margin between that and being a wildcard team, and a wildcard team can clearly win a World Series, we've seen it numerous times, is so small that why would one be so confident that a team is going to be that razor close to being really good but saying they can never actually win. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's a weird thing to say. If you said they're a 75-win team, I'd be more understanding of why you'd want to blow it up. I'd say, okay, okay. I disagree so, with you, but I get it. Maybe this will explain it. Maybe this will make you think I'm even more crazy. Go so ahead. I'm just going to give you my logic. So when I went last year and I said 84 to 86 wins, the way I got to that number was I said, okay, there's a 77-win team. That was a known quantity. That 77, the 2018 team was a 77-win team, known quantity. And I looked at the additions they made, Cano, Diaz. I actually thought Diaz would be a little bit better. <laughs> I don't think anybody <laughs> didn't think that. But I said, did this make them 10 wins better? And I thought, probably not 10 wins. So right. I knew I wasn't going to go to 87. So that's where I capped it at 86. And that's why I have put, brought up my range of 84 to 86. But what if they so won what 86 I, and made the playoffs? You, their whole point would be yeah, wrong. And by the way, way. Well, the only reason why that didn't reason, happen was because Milwaukee played out of their minds. It's true. For the last, whatever, three weeks. He's that, got that right. is true. What with, by the way, with Yelich out, they played yeah, out of their, out of their mind. That? No. Going into it, if someone but, said the Mets were going to finish with 86 wins, you'd be like, wow, they were on the doorstep, if not the second wild card. Well, what I said was they were they would be on the doorstep and not make it. Now, I because but what if they I were thought, in the wild card game and Jake pitched and he pitched great and they won and now they're against the Dodgers and the same thing happened. Like, well, I'll, that's the I'll margin is so tight from what you're saying. Well, because well, I didn't see them being better than the Braves. I didn't see them better being better than the Nationals. In fairness, I thought they would be reversed. I thought the Nationals would, would win the too. division. The Braves too. would be too. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see them being better than either of those teams. And to be fair, I didn't see them being better than Milwaukee. And I was wrong on this one. I didn't see them being better than the Cubs. So I said, there's no way they're going to get over those teams. They're not making the playoffs. Now I was wrong on the Cubs, right. but I was right on the other. All right. Uh, any other moves we missed? Because you're the big move man, Ryan. No, I got, I got my got two. All your trades I'm, pretty, out there? I'm pretty confident with those two this year. Like I said, I think they're one year away. I think this is more of a plug and play type year. Right. Kind of reassemble the roster in a bit and more proper you, you players know, playing in the proper positions. And I think next year, 2020, is when money comes off the books. That I don't, I don't even know who's a free agent in 2020. Right. I haven't got that far. But I think that's when Mookie they bats. Have you heard of them? No, back, I, 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 I don't think they're going to that level. <laughs> but I think that would be the year. Maybe we could have a, we're sitting right. here next winter saying, "Hey, they should go after this big, this big name because they have the money to do so." Can I, can I just quickly jump in? Do you remember? Do you remember when uh, I, the reports were anyway that the Red Sox offered us Mookie Betts for Matt Harvey? Yes, that would have been pretty nice. Oh right? my god! Oh, wasn't it? Wasn't it Betts and Bogarts? <laughs> no, for Matt I think Harvey? it was one or the other. I don't think it was both. But look, there was a lot of that. I mean, I, I was with you on trading Matt Harvey. I yeah. was a big trade Matt Harvey guy. I I did not think this would happen to his career by any stretch. Same. I just thought, hey, we've got pitchers. Let's go cash out on something like this. One other move I want to bring up, I don't know if it's realistic. I've mentioned this on the air before, is if the Cubs are really talking about trading Chris Bryant, I would be in the discussions. I would offer Noah Syndergaard. It's one of those rare moves yeah. where I would offer Noah Syndergaard. And I actually think that makes sense for Chicago. What, what position is he playing? Because you want to talk about bad defense, too. He's not a great defender. What position is I'd he playing? I probably – look, I know the Cubs have used him in a lot of different places, third base in the outfield. I'd probably make him my everyday third baseman and just call it a day. That's probably what I would do. 
You don't like that idea? You no, don't? I love it. I, 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 I think, I, I I think the, the kind of player that Chris Bryan is is the kind of player that you would need to turn this uh, team around. And that's what I'm trying to do with my trades. But if you're able to do that for like a Cindergard and bring in an everyday crazy. player. I think it's Like I uh, think about the Cubs and I say, well, wait a second. They have an older pitching staff. They want to trade Bryant. That's at least the yeah, thought. Would, so I that's not it. made up completely. And you've got a guy with the same amount of control. Both Syndergaard and Bryant yes. are signed for two more years. So it's exactly the same. And you're putting this ace pit or what they hope is an ace pitcher. And Bryant's had a couple of down years. I, I think yeah. it, honestly, I'm trying not to be biased here. Maybe the Cub fan would yell at me. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, I, I think it makes it sense. And sense. I would be on favor. My one hesitation would be is Bryant's a Boris guy, right? I yeah. believe. You got to pay him. You, I think so might, Conforto. Yeah, I think. Well, I think Conforto's out the door <laughs> two years because of that. I, I, I don't see the Mets. Brian, if he comes here or stays in Chicago, has big years. What he's going to demand, I think, is going to be a bump. If Noah yeah, has two good money. years pitching, what do you think he's going to demand? That's yeah, but I think I don't know. Call me crazy. I think the Boris Mets thing has some some truth to it. I, I don't. I can't see the Mets being extending a Boris guy. So if you do that, you got to say, hey, we're, we we got to win the next two years. I think with Syndergaard, at least, there's a shot that they could they there's could extend him. There's a chance they resign Noah. So than I they think if you go for Brian, Brian you're, Brody's pushing his chips yeah, yeah. in, saying, "Hey, right. we got two years to make this work." Evan, would you? What was your uh, Buxton trade again? Who well, last year it was Matt. It was Matt. I if I would do that this year. Well, I, if Minnesota, well, no, they wouldn't. But I'm saying, could you imagine getting both of those deals, Matt's well, for Buxton, and then uh, well, what's Chris your pitching Bryant for Do you have any pitching? Well, then you got to build it. Then well, you, then but you, you got to resign Wheeler at that yeah, point. Then you definitely got to resign Wheeler. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, Speaking of Buxton, I've had this kicked around with my uh, cohort of Mets fans. Shout out to them and my father. Shout out. Um, would you do Noah Syndergaard in the deal for Byron Buxton? And there's no. gonna, there's there's going to be other pieces involved too, but those no. two are the main co no. the main pieces. No, no. I think I would. No. Okay. I would. Well, well, you're, um, well, you're wrong. Let me let me say let me say that's that's uh, contingent on re-signing Zach Wheeler. I would do it. Yeah, I think any deal involving trading Noah Syndergaard, the same thing with the Bryant thing, that would make me even more aggressive in re-signing Zach Wheeler. Anyhow, I, you guys did a very good job. You defended yourself well. I mean, it's tough to defend yourself when you make such a, a point of, I want to blow the whole thing up, trade Jacob DeGrom, but you hung in there very I, well. All I got to say, and I, I appreciate the time, thank you for inviting me on, I just, I understand that we can go for it a flash pan, and yes, this team could potentially make the playoffs, and then any anything's out the window, especially when you have DeGrom making one out of every three starts. Right. And especially when you look at the Nationals, how they handled the the starting pitching with the bullpen, it, that was fantastic. It makes you wonder what we could have done in 2015 if we handled yeah. it a little bit differently. Sure. But in any case, um, I just want a sustained winner. I understand that you could kind of you know go all chips in. I don't think in trading for, DeGrom helps that, but I understand what you're saying. I want a sustained winner, too. And I remember Sandy Alderson at one of the season ticket meetings said, we want to be the Braves. And he compared it and said, we want to be good every single year. Forget about how many World Series they won. Because I think a lot of that's luck. You know, if you're there every year, eventually you'll win a couple. Hopefully, your assumption is. And so I thought they were on track for that. It didn't work out. You know, a lot of things happened to kind of cause that to not occur. But thank you, Metman Anthony. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Phil. On this uh, Mets off-season preview edition of the Evan Roberts podcast, we'll do a Yankee one next week. John Jastrzemski and Ernie Acosta will join me. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.